Welcome to another episode of Triflix Cast. This is one you don't want to miss. We've got a guest on today, a very special guest. Nick Abstract comes back to talk to us about uh, new projects that he's doing, some of his old projects, his process, and a little bit about Halo and the influence that it's had on his art. This is going to be awesome. Don't miss it. Featuring our neighbor with a drill. Welcome to Triflix Cast. We are professional videographers and photographers talking about the latest techniques, business practices, and tech with a bit of fun sprinkled in. My name is Cole. I'm the producer here. To my right is... I'm, I'm Tristan. I'm the corridor knockoff. <laughs> and to my left is... <laughs> David. I'm efficiency manager and IT guy. And together, we run a digital media company based out of Columbus, Indiana called Triflix. Welcome. Today is a special day. It's our first guest episode of season four. And we have Nick Abstract. He came back somehow. Hey. Yeah. He hey, liked us enough to come abstract. back. Yeah. How y'all doing? Oh, dude, we're, good. We're, we're happy to have you here, day. dude. Glad yeah. to be back. Glad to be back. So for for the people who maybe have not listened to your previous episode. Y'all slipping. Yeah. And somehow <laughs> somehow they live in a cave. They have no idea who, a who cave, you are. A cave with unpainted walls. Yes. Yes. Unfortunate for them. Um, yeah. give, give, me, uh, give me your elevator pitch. I'm, I'm Nick Abstract. What do I do? Sure. Yeah. I'm Nick Abstract. Um, I do really large kind of geometric paintings on, on buildings, on, you know, kind of anything that people want me to paint. Um, I've done murals on the floor, on the ground. I've done murals on walls. Um, I've painted a lot of canvases and I do just a lot of geometric stuff that, um, I don't know. I really like that kind of stuff. So I enjoy traveling and, and painting different murals for companies or different businesses. And, uh, yeah. He's underselling it. His yeah. stuff is amazing. <laughs> yeah. Just saying. It's pretty yep. crazy. <laughs> I try. I try. It's, it's stuff to get you, excited about. You painted about. like the, the, a, whole, a whole building last time you were here. Like a whole exterior, massive, I don't know, mm. probably, uh, you probably know every crevice on the wall, but it's probably at least what, 80 foot by 80 foot. It's like a big old rectangle squared. Uh, it's like, <laughs> I think it was 160 long. Yeah. By Dang. maybe 35 feet tall or something like that. Okay. Is that yeah. the largest you've done? No. And well, it's one of the tallest. Yeah. Okay. Um, I definitely can go taller, but I just haven't had a wall that really calls for it. Mm. But I have done a, a mural that's way longer. Mm. But granted, it was also a very short wall. So I did a wall in Indy that was, um, it was like seven feet tall, but it was 873 feet long. Whoa. So it was like five blocks. Mm. You did the whole length of it? Bro. Dude. How long did that take? Here's the funny part too. <laughs> you poor calves. <laughs> yeah, dude. It was insane. The 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 business that wanted me to paint it, it was on like an apartment kind of redevelopment. Uh-huh. And it was just this retaining wall that was on the entire property, which was all five or six of their buildings. It kind mm. of was back in the parking lot area. Mm-hmm. And um they originally hit me up and were like, hey, we have this section of the wall here. You can kind of go from here to here. Like, you know, what would you charge for something like that? They were just kind of reaching out for a quote. And I provided them with a quote. And when they did the site visit to kind of show me what the wall was, I saw that the wall was like way longer. And I was just like, look, um, I mean, yeah, a mural from here to here would look cool, but you know what I'm saying? What about uh, from here to there? With the rest of the wall. And yeah. they were like, they're like, I mean, if, 
if you really think you could do something like that, I'm yeah. like, yeah, I could do that. Yeah, it's like, hey, what's Bad your... Bad idea, dude. Yeah. <laughs> oh. I mean, I did it, and it, it was okay, but... Um, the budget, it, though. Yeah, the budget had to be crazy for it, and it was also just myself and my girlfriend working on it, so... Ooh. Um, so as a, as an artist, how much do you delegate? Like, what, what tasks are you like, I can't give up my creative liberty, and I'll let you do this part? Or are you very <laughs> hands-off with it? You're like, you know what, just come on in, let's just paint. No, I mean, the, I like to have the creative control, for sure, because, yeah. um, you know, when I've worked in the design realm, there's not as much kind of creative control of some of the stuff that you do. So yep. I am very particular on, like, you know, it needs to kind of look like this. But I can do that to a fault. Mm-hmm. So the design that I actually did for this insanely long wall was like, there were a lot of shapes going on, man. There was all kinds of. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You want me to? Pa- you want me to pa- oh, pause? you're good, on? man. What are we gonna you do? You can bring your mic a little bit closer, though. I can. I can pause till they're done. We'll throw in a voice on? isolator. It'd be fine. I like it. Lean into it. <laughs> Let's, uh, let me bring up construction noises on my laptop. <laughs> Honestly, there's a part of me wants to go ask him to stop drilling, but then there's also the part of me is like, what are they us, fixing? Us at 4 a.m. sanding floors at my house. And it's like, you know what? Nobody complained about that. It's one drill. They'll probably yeah, be done this in is five our minutes. They're, yeah. ha- they're hanging up a picture frame. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. They'll hopefully, be done. Hopefully, they're still messing with the plumbing at Jill's. You know, it's all screwed up. Uh, yeah. You think it's underneath of us? It sounds like it's. Uh, it's uh, I felt uh, it on my feet. There. Yeah, it felt yeah. It like it was oh, over here. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Jill's Diner. Great breakfast and and loud drills. There you go. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. So, so, oh, you're you're put, so, so delegating. So you're she, she's just pa- putting up um she's putting up uh painter state for you and you're just painting everything right? Is that how it works? Um. Well. <laughs> so originally, I'll just kind of go back here briefly. The project started out and I did a whole design render that shows what the design's supposed to be. The client approved it. So I'm like, all right, cool. I order all the paint. I get to the spot and I, the the first step of the process is lining everything out. And so Mm. I'm drawing all the lines for all of the colors I will kind Mm. of shape out and color in. So that's like a two day process, just lining all the stuff out. Um, And then once you start laying the colors down, you kind of get a feel for how well that process is working. Mm. And very quickly, when I was on the first color, me and my girlfriend were there. And my girlfriend's helped me with a bunch of different murals. She's kind of like my my go-to assistant if she has the schedule availability because she's an artist too and a designer. So she's really good at sort of following my lead creatively and making sure we can accomplish whatever task at hand. Mm-hmm. So long story short, once we started coloring in some of these shapes, I was like, yo, I'm going to be here for three and a half months working on this. <laughs> and I ain't trying to do that. You know, like that. And, oh. and also for the client too, like you're not supposed to be on a job site for three and a half months. Like I just saw the amount of time it was taking to do such a long wall with the design I had. Yeah. And, you know, regretfully, I kind of had to go to the client and say, look, you know, here's the situation we're in. Would you be okay with me kind of simplifying some of the shapes and stuff? Make down? the shapes bigger so that each one's like larger. Yeah, <laughs> each color section's a little larger, and then I can basically just apply one color at a time across the whole thing. Mm-hmm. So this is this is a big part of being an a, an artist and a professional artist is you have to adapt 
the stuff that you're doing to make sure you can still, you know, meet a deadline, meet the goal at, or the task at hand. So, you yeah. know, thankfully the client was like, yeah, like you, you know, you're the artist, we have trust in you. <laughs> yeah. So they're like, awesome yeah, though. Yeah. Yeah. They could have been super not cool about it, but they were solid. Uh, so I simplified some things out and I think I, I think I knocked the whole wall out in about maybe two and a half weeks or something like That's that. That's a big improvement. Yeah. It was, <laughs> and it was kind of funny the other day at my studio, I did look at my, cause I, I print out and laminate the design that I'm going to paint so mm -hmm. that I can kind of hold on to it as I'm working. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And so I, I, ha I was like going through my studio cleaning it and I found my first design and I was like, oh my God, I would never have finished that. <laughs> I'd probably be there right now, dude. It was, I mean, it was cool, but way too complicated. So you mm. got to know when to like kind of scale stuff back. That's really cool that you keep like a physical, I don't know if you throw them away at the end, but I would totally keep them. I keep like, them. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's so cool to have all those like, you know, you know, one day you make it big and you like, sign them yeah. off and send them out to people and stuff. But it's like, I would love to have like an original piece like that up on a wall. It's like that, that'd be pretty tight. Hmm. Yeah. It's cool too, because they each tell a story as well. Like sometimes like I don't have a laminator. So if I plan ahead, I go get it laminated so that if paint gets on it, if I have to put it in my pocket, mm -hmm. it's not going to get messed with. But like, I forget. So yeah. I end up with just like, printing out an eight and a half by 11 piece of paper and like folding it and putting it in my pocket. So like when you work on a mural for a week and a half with a tiny three inch piece of paper in your pocket and yeah. you're doing physical labor, yeah, that piece of paper going to look crazy when you're done. Oh, you yeah. know? Mm -hmm. So like I, I have these <laughs> sketches of these designs that are just mangled with like paint splattered on them. And like I dropped it in a gallon of paint, but like, it's a cool little <laughs> unique thing, yeah. you know, and yeah. it tells the story of, like there's sketch marks of how I line the design up to the wall and like, yeah, mm -hmm. I don't know. That's I, awesome. I think they're kind of neat. I, I think the randomness of it is kind of like what draws the appeal to me. Cause it's like, if it were fresh and clean, it's like, cool, you printed it off and you, you have it up on a wall. But like the fact that it was a part of that process, it's like almost historical where yeah. you can see part of the process in that document when you're done. That's so for cool. sure. For sure. Uh, one of the local coffee shops in town, um, they bought a bank, and it was a bank that was made by some architect that was contracted through one of the the let the uh, like the Cummins guy that like did all the other buildings, mm -hmm. and they designed this building to like emulate like a, a boat on a river, and so yeah, it's really weird because it's an older style architecture, so it's a bit more like uh, abstract or simplified. But if you look at it and someone says it's supposed to be a boat, you're like, oh, I get it. Uh, but they kept all the original designs on the inside and they framed them and they. Uh, put them in picture frames and you can see all the original blueprints for like how they were designing this way back when. That's cool. Which was a way to preserve like all the uh, architecture. And everything. Are you talking about the Lucubees on the river? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they just got the modernism award, whatever that is. Yeah. They got an really? award for preserving uh, art and architecture. Yeah. And, uh, they really did their best to try to like, you know, not just throw away all the old and replace the new. And that's, that's super yeah. cool. That's the best part about like remodeling and renovations is like, all mm -hmm. right, let's not just gut everything and go fresh clean. It's like, I want to see like that, that character come through. Cause it's yeah. something that you couldn't have just any carpenter come in and mm -hmm. reproduce. Like that's, that's unique to only that property yeah. or that location. Yeah, that's, I th that's, I think my only issue with our industry hmm. is that there's, there's, there's less and less every day of something that's physical tactile. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's yeah. like, cause I was literally thinking through while you're talking about like these physical objects that you have that, give you memories of different projects and it's like we don't 
you know what i mean it's like you go film a video like if something happens you might have something on bts or something but like yeah. mm-hmm. there's no physical mm-hmm. yeah this was this was my takeaway from that now we've got some props from stuff that we've done yeah which that's is cool kind of ours but like yeah. he's got stuff from client projects yeah well i mean we have a bottle of uh peanut was it not peanut butter well gingerbread whiskey gingerbread whiskey we got yeah. a bottle of that captain morgan <laughs> that we went to a client shoot and we we traveled around we went to the big game uh place and had some meatballs from all over the world we ate a whole zoo mm-hmm. and and then we this guy i was like hey do you guys got any rum and the only thing they had was like a spiced gingerbread rum and it's like <laughs> he's like mm-hmm. from christmas party like a year ago yeah. i was yeah. like dude that's awesome so now it's like we have this one piece from a story but anybody in an story. industry could do that but mm. i feel like that's what is like really mm. cool about yours yeah. like he's saying we just have less physical things i saying that's super yeah. cool yeah. i think what cole's kind of touching on is i mean it's huge at, even just like as a human being like the kind of uh artifacts that you kind of take with you that tell the story of like your previous history yeah yeah you know like that's kind of where scrapbooking comes in uh, or um you know, even people who make like home videos, like for instance, my dad, when I was a kid, he would just, he filmed like everything, mm-hmm. like your first steps, he would film your first time riding a bike, he would film. Yeah. And so like, you know, some of it's a little bit shaky at times, you know, cause he it literally is just in the moment he whips yeah. his camera out. Well, yeah. And, and I guess my mom also didn't like it cause you know, constantly <laughs> he's shoving a camera in her face, like, hey, no. you know, Hey, like, you know, it's. Be yourself. Valentine's Day, 1993. And she's like, Chris, yeah. I, you know, thanks. Why are you videotaping me? You know, I love it. But it's cool to see that, like, he, he felt like these were impactful moments and mm-hmm. to kind of hold on to those. Mm-hmm. So it's always a trip being able to look back on some of that stuff, too. And I think some of that also ingrained in me this, um, the element of, like, your history and mm-hmm. kind of where you come from and trying to find a way to kind of capture that and i think through these like sketches and mock-ups that i hold on to to your point i have had that thought of like oh i could just trash this like it looks like garbage you know it's just a mangled jpeg printed on a cruddy piece of paper but it does tell a bit of the story and so as an artist and as a creative at the end of the day it is weird to like think that you are a storyteller you know yeah Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day how do you how do you fold some of your story or some of your life experiences into something that otherwise could just be like transient and not really connect with people and trying to find a way to like flip that narrative a little bit. So with those sketches, with those lines that are kind of from it getting crumpled in my pocket, Mm -hmm. I actually like photocopy those and then look at where the folds in the paper are. And I'll come up with new designs based on just how stuff is fragmented and broken. Cause like, I wouldn't come up with it on my own. And like, to your point, my pocket literally mangled this paper. Yeah. Mm. But it, it, you know, if you look at that process and you pay attention to that kind of stuff, um, you can come up with new ideas. Like it's kind of like, I bet in, um, in video editing, for instance, I know you can set like keyframes to like a certain beat of music. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a way <clears throat> I think in Premiere where you can just select clips and just like apply them to, um, or it's not keyframes, it's like the marking. Okay. So you mark along like, let's say a rhythm. Yeah. And then you have a set of 50 clips. 
you can just grab those clips and toss them in. Mm -hmm. So like, let's say you're making a video that doesn't need to be final, but you're mm -hmm. wanting to get a taste for how the footage you shot kind of is working. Yeah. You can just like grab a chunk of, I mean, this is probably real basic for you guys because uh, you no, guys do this all the time. It, you're explaining it to people that may be less familiar. Sure, sure. So you just grab a bunch of clips and toss them in there mm -hmm. and you can just kind of see how the film is starting to develop. Yeah. You know, you can see... You okay, well, this story. clip makes sense. Yeah, it's like it starts to un unfold in front of you, and then it gives you the prompt of like, yeah, this clip actually doesn't really fit here. So like, let's definitely cut that, put this new clip in. So it's like, I love kind of automating a process like that and seeing what accidents happen, and that informs kind of the direction sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have a similar experience with like filmmaking and and shooting that's similar? Yeah, yeah. So the expression is like the uh, the story's um, written three times. One when you write it physically on like paper or per type it up to in the ed in the shoot because whatever you shoot isn't exactly what was on the paper so the story changes then and then you'll change it a third time in the edit because mm. what you edit is not verbatim of the paper and it's not verbatim of what you recorded because you're tweaking all that and a lot of times you know we'll be in the middle of a shoot and we're like let's cut or add this shot that wasn't on the paper and then when we get to the edit we're like well let's cut or add this shot that wasn't shot properly or shot differently or maybe let's let's use a shot mm. that wasn't even part of the scene and see if we can make it work so like the story gets rewritten all the time especially for like 48 hour we're just trying to rip through it real quick <laughs> mm -hmm. yep. like uh one thing that we do is we color code on our timeline so like a footage from this scene is this color and a footage from a different scene is a different color and the audio from this scene so it's like things start to uh get color coded and then whenever you look at like a macro view of the whole timeline you have all these colors and then you can start to see patterns. Hmm. So it's like being in like, you know, third grade whenever they have like the little test and it's like, all right, here's here's a bunch of shapes and colors, put them in an order that m it makes a pattern. Well, I mean, that's mostly what a story is when you simplify it to its like most sure. basic form. It's like, all right, how do I make a, a pattern of a guy uh, and he, he goes to a place and he does a thing and then he leaves. It's like, well, each one of those steps is a color. It's like, all right, now let's see if we can repeat it. Uh, and make things change a little bit and sure. it's like over time the the story just keeps getting rewritten until you're happy with what you have or or maybe you're not happy with it but i mean that's mm. part of the process definitely well, i think being able to let go and let the process yeah you know because <laughs> yeah. I, I think that's sometimes what separates creatives from maybe non-creatives it's that ability to just like let the project take you in a direction yeah because that feeling that you get when you know your pre-production is different than the feeling that you're going to get when you're on set mm. and the, and again different when you're editing but what do we know george lucas is like i'm doing it my way no matter what and <laughs> yeah. i don't care what anyone else says this is the script and this is what it's going to be it's like made one of the most successful franchises but personally yeah. i i agree more with cole on it i think being adaptable is really what it's huge. sets it apart what was like so a great example of this and i haven't we do so much client work <laughs> that there and and I know that you understand this Nick cuz it's it's a you you have to walk that fine line because there's times when there's an expectation that's set and you need to follow that deliver and get paid mm -hmm. and that's how you get to the next right yeah i mean you're doing business at the end of the day so exactly yep. so there are, there are always those parameters that are kind of over your head and so normally especially at the rate at which we do like real estate photography a lot of times i'm just showing up going through the motions, right? I sure. know what I need to do. It's second nature, five years in, you're just doing your thing. You don't think about it and you pump stuff out as quick as you possibly can. This week, I had a really cool day. Two, two shoots out of that day 
it was just kind of like, hey, we respect your creative vision and we want you to just make this look good. And it was like capture. It, I, there were bungalows in Brown County that, that are renting. And so they're like, hey, it's fall. Get some cool mm. shots. We trust you. Do your thing. I was like, okay. So I'm like, I'm going to shoot with the pretty lens. You know, we're going to do a whole different thing. You know, we're not just going to get whole pictures of the house. We're going to show it. Fr- there was a tree with a V in it. It was like frame the house in between the, the tree and like shoot through yeah. and show depth. It was like shoot through the leaves and get mm. the house. Like that, I was there for two hours. I think I shot 700 shots. Nice. That's a lot. Cause usually you're like three. In- half that (laughs) yeah it was two houses but still it was only exteriors i mean no interiors nothing so it was a lot yeah and then two shoots later that day still i show up and this lady was super cool the agent hired me just to take photos to give them to her as a gift because she has a cabin in brown county and i shot her place and talked to her and she was just like i trust you do your thing and one of the things that stuck with me it's a long story to get to this point but she looked at me and she said I like to, I want you to shoot what you want to shoot because I like to see what other people's vision of my place is. Yeah. I want to know what, what you see and what you think is special about it and through your eyes. And I was like, wow, that's sick. It really hit home for me. You're like, it's not that nice of a house, but okay. You were like, thank God. (laughs) No, I really was. And I told her, I was like, that's really like, I was just like, thank you. People like that are the best. It was beautiful. It was a beautiful thing. And I just roamed around and shot pictures of it. I finished them last night and yeah, I'm really pumped on them. You know, it was like, I had the opportunity to just do my thing. And luckily I got paid to do it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. I would argue, um, Tristan, you said the story gets written three times, but I'd say maybe it gets written four times. Ooh. And it's when mm-hmm. people watch it oh, and yeah. receive it. After yeah. Because you have your, every intent that you're putting into it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, with Star Wars, everybody, I think it was Harrison Ford, Ford on set. He said like, this is some crappy movie. He doesn't yeah. think he's going to go anywhere. Yeah. And then it, it explodes into this cultural phenomenon. It's outside of their control now. Mm. And it's like, what is Star Wars anymore? You know, he like, was like a Harrison was actually like a carpenter up to his thirties, and then he became no like one of the way. yeah. No, he like had it's a funny story. Yeah, he he had very little desire to go like he was never like the guy that goes out to L.A. lives in a van and like yeah. does acting. Like he was a carpenter and really good one, I guess, because mm-hmm. he did it for most of his life. And then he's like, you know, acting's cool, and then gets picked up and becomes like one of the most paid actors of all time. Like <laughs> yeah. for one of the largest franchises, Absolutely. one of those iconic <laughs> roles. It's like, yeah, you yeah. know, that's uh, fine. Yeah, we'll give yeah. it a shot. So I want to go back to touch on the like the whole storytelling, like how it does change. Like you're yeah. saying. Um, I mean, you're probably familiar with Casey Neistat, aren't you? Like yeah, maybe a little sure, briefly. Sure. So Who? he's Casey Neistat. <laughs> yeah, no. So he's kind of fallen off, like for the most part. Like he still I gets the trending page. He's back in New York now, and he he's he's vlogging again. Yeah, yeah. Mm. He he's well, he, he stopped a, for a while. Yeah, like he, when he, he moved he, out west. I'm pretty sure that's where he went. Right, he went to Cali. I yeah. didn't follow him very much. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he went out west, mm-hmm. and then now he's back. Yeah. And but now his stuff pops up in my feed. No. He was a guy that blew up because he didn't invent a genre. He kind of pioneered putting it on youtube in a way that had mass appeal because Mm -hmm. vlogging's old i mean it's basically home videos um but one of the things that he did that really set him apart in my mind was whenever he started producing these vlogs he would intertwine his current day with past stories yeah and Mm -hmm. he had 
archives and archives of like you said with the, uh, i believe your dad with just like going around with a handy cam and getting shots of his family and then he'll take those old clips that are 30 years old you know 20 to 30 years old and he will just intertwine them in with his current story so like the story that already had a narrative when he recorded it is getting mixed in with his like worldview 20 years later mm. and it's like maybe at the time it's just fun and it's like 20 years later you have your firstborn kid videos and it's like wow this means so much more to me now and then mm-hmm. he's able to like craft it into something more compelling and more of a grand narrative than he would have been able to do when he first shot it and that's a mm-hmm. large reason of why our server is so full right now is like <laughs> i'm just like shoot this shoot this shoot this yeah i don't know what we're going to do with it yet but i know there's going to be use for it later and yeah. i know it's going to be matter matterful later maybe it's not right now um but the time it takes to shoot it or you know like doing anything it's like the time to take it do to do it right is seconds compared to like the regret you're going to have of just not doing it at all it's like maybe we'll delete it later whatever um and there's a lot of things that need to get deleted but uh (laughs) but there's still a lot of gems that i know we've captured and casey and i stat and probably a lot of people on their cell phones their kids that it's like maybe someday i'll get to it or we'll have the budget to make someone else get to it. <laughs> no, 100%. I think we're all going to one day look back at everything and, then be, and be glad that you kept the physical sure. things that you have. We're going to be glad we kept the footage. Yep. You know, you're going to turn around and look and be like, whoa. Yeah. I think we're all going to look behind us and go, wow, this is, it doesn't, we, I think humans, we get too used to our situations mm-hmm. way too quickly and we forget, you yeah, know, where you come from or yeah. what your thoughts were in the past. It's like, mm-hmm. When I first started painting graffiti early on in high school, um, there were a few other artists who I'd like, you know, I've I've heard of in the city who've been painting for a really long time. And I, I, I've heard people say things like, yeah, you know, my early years when I first started painting graffiti, I, I didn't really photograph much. Like I, I didn't really document a whole lot of it. You know, I just kind of went out and painted and you know, that is really cool. And those memories live on in that person probably very authentically. So like, Mm. it's a fine line of like exploiting or, um, you know, feeling like you need to capture the moment. It's kind Mm -hmm. of like when people go to a concert and just like hold their phone in front of their stupid little eyes and watch the concert. It's like (laughs) when when it's to that point, it's like Mm -hmm. really degrading from like the actual individual who's experiencing it. But well, even for the performer, I feel like that's gotta be like, I want, I'm here and I want you to experience this. And like, you could have watched the video at home, Yeah, which is basically what you're doing now. It's like, I don't know. I just think there's something really cool about being in the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think people want to, they do that to be able to watch it back and have like that memory. Yeah. Kind of that nostalgia get hit back again. So how many people go back and watch fireworks on the 4th of July on their phone? Though? You, you know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> no, I've, and I've been to a ton of concerts and I'll be honest with you. I might go back and look at the pictures and be like, ah, I remember, you know, but like the key moments, they're on a video. Sure. Sure. And it's like, I really don't, I can go on YouTube and I can find a nice 4k, john mayer video i don't have to look at my crappy cell phone footage from four years ago yeah you know and i think too like (laughs) you know the the element of wanting to to capture a moment i think is is beautiful and awesome yeah um but the right intentions all of it yeah the right (laughs) intentions but it all comes kind of down to like you know when i think about my art and the stuff that i do or even like the 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 costs of associated for me to do a mural or a, a painting for somebody it's not so much that they're paying for that canvas or that wall. Like what you're really paying for is the years it took to put my brain and my physical Mm. body 
in the ability to have whatever I'm going to come up with for your wall in that moment, mm -hmm. you know? So it's like, you're not really paying for the canvas. You're paying for the life experience that led me to the moment where I paint that canvas. Yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. like that's worth a lot of money. You know, yeah. you don't just mm -hmm. sit one day and just, I'm going to do this. Yeah. You know, it's like, you've got years of research and study and areas of interest, yeah. elements of trauma that influence you to do other things. So it's like all that stuff mm -hmm. is worth not that there's a price for trauma and like oh, life, yeah. life experience, but it just sometimes it, it helps inform <laughs> and, and deepen kind of what you're what you're creating and gives it more of a purpose. Well, I mean, to make it relatable for a lot of people is like you would like if you're, I, I guess, a, an electrician or whatever. It's like if you've been zapped a couple times, you're like, <laughs> I'm going to be a lot more careful whenever I'm doing this one specific thing. Your yeah. trauma and life experience have made you better at your profession. And that's like the difference between an expert and that's, you know, has that years of practice and somebody's just out of college because technically they may have the same book knowledge, but that process that helped mold you in, in the same way an electrician is better at wiring because he's been zapped. It's like, wow, <laughs> I know not to do large uh, large shapes or whatever <laughs> on really small sh walls and I know not to do small wall, uh, shapes on a large wall because if I do I need to estimate it properly for time yeah. and budget and it's like those are things that somebody right out of school is like oh I'm real I'm an eager man I'm gonna get out there and I'm gonna work <laughs> I'm gonna work 14 hour days and I'm gonna pump this wall out and they're gonna get in like two weeks and they're like I'm dead I don't want to so, live yeah. anymore. I never want to see this wall for the next two years. When I live in the city, every time I drive by this wall, I hate it. I, I don't want to see it. Should have been an accountant. Yeah. So, and then the other thing I was going to say is the the childish Gambino. Uh, mm. Donald Glover doesn't do a lot of concerts anymore because he he's good at a lot of other things that mm -hmm. he wants to do. But there was one concert he did most recently where he had everybody like turn in their phones. Like yeah, there was comedians no phones. have been doing that too. Yeah. Dude, that's that's like such a baller move for like, you know, I, so. I, I can turn people away because everything sells out. So mm -hmm. the people that come, it's not even a money thing. I could charge more for the tickets and have less people. But instead, I'm going to tell people who can't bring their phones in. And, you know, there's always going to be people that sneak it in. But I think if you're in my mind, if you go to see an artist, you're there for that experience. So it's like mm -hmm. if the artist asks you to do something, you should probably do it because it's, it's his vision. Like he mm -hmm. wants the experience to be a certain way. Yeah, that's where people are just leaning into being like a legit artist, you know, yeah. to have that kind of creative control. It's dope. You know, I think one thing that actually taught me a lot in my art practice um, is before I was like a painter or doing murals or anything like that, when I was thinking of what I wanted to go to college for to study, um, in eighth grade, I, I got my first DSLR camera. Mm-hmm. And I really fell in love with just being able to shoot and capture moments and stuff. And um, I, I was like, you know, maybe I want to go into photography and become a photographer and try to try to study that. And so I was. It's it's not all it's cracked up to be. <laughs> well, man, it was really I'm interesting. Kidding, Do you know what SRGB is? <laughs> yeah, there, there's a lot to know for sure and a lot to get yeah. lost in. But, you know, I was reading forums and like participating and posting photos and having them kind of critiqued by a group of other shooters who would kind of give feedback and say, oh, you know, what if you frame it this way or, mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. But one thing that was an essential lesson for me that I still use to this day is divergent and convergent thinking. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. when you go, let's say, Cole, you have to go shoot a house or something, and the person gives you the creative control, like, hey, Cole, we want you to just do the best you can do, make this house look cool. 
you you diverge. So you take a bunch of photos from a bunch of angles. You go stand on top of the van or your car or something to get a different angle or whatever you have to do. Yeah. You just capture and you just do a lot. And then once you have all of that information, it can then inform you on how you can converge on that information yeah. to like, you know, better make, how do I say this? Make make the uh, your your messaging more like focused yeah. or narrow down, you know. And as an artist, that's you know I do that still to this day. You know, a divergent think, come up with a bunch of different ideas. Some of them are terrible, and then like kind of narrow them down after that. Yeah. Um, mm. But one of my favorite lessons. Sorry, I'll tell this story briefly. So when I was looking into photography and like trying to develop and learn more about, you know, how to shoot raw, how to shoot manual focus and stuff like that. One thing that a lot of people were saying was like, look, before you get all these fancy lenses, just get a nifty 50 and just hmm. like learn to shoot with that. And yeah. Like, What's a nifty 50? So it's like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's a lens that just has a focus ring. There's no, mm-hmm. like, yes, you can autofocus with it, but it's, there's no zoom. Like if you want a different crop, like you're moving, yep. yeah. like your physical <laughs> yeah. body, like you got to walk over there for this shot. So one thing I really liked about that was limiting yourself actually mm-hmm. frees up an immense amount of creative mm-hmm. like what's what what is it creative potential yeah yeah so like by limiting let's say for me like colors or something i'm going to use in a mural i'm limiting what i can do but that kind of creative restraint actually frees up a lot of opportunity which mm-hmm. is super cool so that's yeah. just one thing with photography and murals that's kind of parallel that yeah yeah you know, do you guys have a similar experience to that I mean, literally just those houses the other day, I told myself, and my 50 is my favorite lens, by the way. Um, I told myself, I was like, I'm going to throw this on and I'm not even going to give myself the option to throw the wide. Yeah. Like you got to find ways to think outside the box. And it was literally, I mean, it was like, okay, you walk your butt across the creek and, you know, you just make it work. And it made for images that I wasn't, you know, expecting. It was just like, okay, awesome. You know, you just got to figure it out. Cause I'm like, oh, I know I could get this other shot that's in my head with the 14 to 30. Sure. But I'm yeah. like, but, mm-hmm. but let's see, let's see if we can push the limits of, of where we're going. So yeah, just and, like we've uh, been pushing the limits of this podcast. I know. Thank you. <laughs> I was just going <laughs> to never <What>? before <laughs> on any other season. Have we had such a amazing sponsors as this year? <laughs> right. Which it's, I was going to ask Nick, do you, do you like coffee? Are you a coffee person? I'm not a big coffee guy. I don't have anything lame. against it. I just, <laughs> lame. Lame. Oh, that's no. why we put the, those and two that's on the that end side of the podcast. Of the... <laughs> just bleep out his answer. <laughs> just bleep yes. out. Can you just give me a yes real fast? <laughs> then we'll no. pop that one. <laughs> can get a, I love coffee and then we'll enter, put it over. Yeah. We have enough recording. We can do an AI generation of your voice. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Please. <laughs> Here's my thing with coffee. Yeah. I'm already like a pretty energetic dude. Okay. Like when I wake yeah. up, I'm like buzzing. Let's go. Yeah. You know, like I don't wake up. I'm like, uh. so when I drink coffee, I don't sleep. Oh, gotcha. Oh. It pushes you over. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, I drank a coffee one time at like 10 AM and like <laughs> yeah. didn't go to bed that night. So <laughs> wow. Well, wow. that's all good, man. Yeah. It's okay. So, and we sometimes don't want to push it on you. At my design job when I had it, like I was, I'd drink like one of those like Starbucks espresso energy shot things oh, or dude. whatever. 
bro, my mouse was like moving on the screen because my hand was just shaking. <laughs> like, so I just got to be careful. Like, uh, I feel fine with water, so I just stick I got gotcha. you. Water's good, man. Well, you I the, wish I liked coffee. It looks fun, man. <laughs> yeah, you got to have the good stuff. That's part of it. Yeah. And you can yeah. still there's a lot to know. You can get your decaf. Yep. Which there's some great decaf. Coffee House Five has a great decaf. Yep. Yeah, but oh, that's timer. <laughs> For the ad. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. So here's um, the thing. If you, you, decaf if, still has caffeine in it. Mm-hmm. It's just trace amounts. A yeah, bit. but yeah. Say, the way my mind works, like I'm zero to 100. It's like, um. if I'm going to like. <laughs> if I'm going to go, I'm going to get four shots. Yeah, that's why I don't do drugs or anything. Because it's like, if I do drugs, like I'm a meth head. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm going, I'm yeah. doing all the drugs <laughs> possible. And I'm going as far as you can take it. Well, like, that's perfect. Because Coffee House 5 in Franklin, Indiana. Yeah. <laughs> Greenwood, Indiana, and Bargersville, Indiana. You all the coffee not places. only offers coffee, but they also also offer counseling. So you if you ever yeah. went zero to a hundred, they'd be able to help you out just the yeah, same for addiction, but Kelly. Yeah. Maybe you don't like caffeine, and that's all right. Maybe you're maybe you're like me, and you got a bing bong brain, and caffeine just makes you crash at like nine a.m. That's okay, <laughs> or crappy because pants. they also have delicious breakfast foods and. <laughs> Delicious tea. Okay. Yeah. The we'll tea, go ahead. We'll the go tea ahead. is amazing. We'll we can go ahead read the script. We'll read the ad. Go ahead. Right. Why do we Start have to read the ad? Coffee I House feel like five, we talk great about it. That's why we're sponsored. <laughs> they tell us to read this. Yes. With locations in Franklin and Greenwood, and soon a third in Bargersville, Coffee House 5 in Johnson County's premier independent coffee shop to relax, study, or meet friends around great coffee and great food Monday through Saturday. Whether it's a handcrafted espresso or a single origin pour over, you'll enjoy the freshest, smoothest coffee possible, roasted in house in their Franklin location using a unique airbed roasting process. <laughs> and don't forget to pair your coffee with a ham and cheddar scone, biscuits, and gravy made with their award winning Parmesan chive biscuit or any of their other pastries and sandwiches prepared in their Franklin kitchen using family recipes in a style they call Midwest comfort food. As if that is not enough to get your attention, though. Coffee House 5 is a for-benefit coffee house. Ooh. All profits and are invested in building a stronger community through their support of local mental health services, which you can read more about on their website, coffeehouse5.com. So the next time wow. you're in Franklin or Greenwood and soon Bargersville, stop by Coffee House 5. Highly recommend it. And they love supporting local artists, so. Oh, yeah. yeah we just actually, saying. We shot a pretty sick mural over there. Oh, um, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, You know, not to discredit you, but we're, I mean, we're all artists, man. <laughs> Got to support yes. each other. And uh, they had a really nice mural put up. And the dude, yep. they, they gave him a color palette and mm-hmm. some general themes. And he went to town drawing it up. And they're like, we like it. Let's yes. do it. And now he's got a, I don't know, probably a 30 by 10 foot wall. Up there, it's a big one. Yes, it's, it's, it's. I was gonna say it's a nice size wall. Yeah, it's, it's at least I'd say thirty by we'll ten. Have to show you the video. Yeah. I know yeah. you're no stranger to, to painting coffee places, but sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like I'll paint a coffee shop for sure, but no. I just I don't really drink coffee. It's not that I don't have like. It's okay, bud. We're it, not trying to. No, no, dude, no. I've already, already explained it to them. They're, they're well aware there's we people actually like made us. made up that ad. It wasn't real. We just really want you to hey, drink coffee. coffee and meth. <laughs> Let's go. That brings us to our second sponsor, yeah. meth. <laughs> no. Have you ever wanted to destroy your whole life? Yeah, very easily. Throw Inc- away. Including everything. your teeth? Start from scratch? <laughs> well, that's all right. I mean, that's just how my personality is. I can't. Yeah. If I go down a road, like I'm... But it's good you I know. I drive that. that road as far as it goes. Yeah. yeah. So I got to be very careful what roads I take. You know, that is. Yeah. Mm. No, some people are kind of like genetically predisposed or whatever, predeposition, yeah. whatever to uh, to those types of things. Like my wife's very cautious about um, certain substances in her life because she knows that um, like certain family members 
have mm-hmm. also had that issue and it's kind of like a family tree of issues sure. so she's like i'm just gonna either be very very moderate and like have a hard set or none at all and she kind of airs on that side anyways because she's just like i'm not gonna risk it because she knows that that's like something that could be an issue so i respect the fact that you're <laughs> you're well aware of it man it's yeah. good to know yourself i yeah. just gotta limit what i can do you know so like mm-hmm. that's why i don't drink either yeah it's like if i start drinking like I'm like fighting people probably like I would just take Shoot, it dude like I would just be like let's go like whatever we're doing let's like let's mm. just take this as far as I can run with it you know so <laughs> if I don't do that then I yeah. can take whatever like creative stuff that's healthy for me to do yeah yeah, yeah. and try to sure. take that as far as it can go so would, would, I just kind of creatively limit myself in terms of what stuff I divulge in but okay I mean I'm not yeah. perfect either like I mean as well, you can, as I mean, you can tell pretty, like pretty awesome no yeah. no as you can tell like I'm a bigger dude so like <laughs> you know, food is something that for me for a long time, I've, you know, struggled in terms of like, I mean, not to get too deep here, but you know, once I hit sixth grade, it was like, Oh shoot, Mm -hmm. I'm not getting taller, but like I'm eating a lot more food because you know, I'm aging or whatever, or getting older. So like, you know, food is something I definitely do go all the way with. (laughs) I will eat a whole pizza, you know, like that ain't good to do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's just impressive. It is not impressive. It's not impressive. It was, not it was when I was younger. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know. I, I'm like, so, I was like, man, that, no. should, maybe, so, maybe no. you should get into a competitive eating. I'm, no, dude. No, I need, no, no. So I think what I need to do is get like into exercise 100%. I was going to say, yeah, I guess mm. if you if you know no matter what, you're always going to push everything super far. Yeah. Except next thing you know, you're going to be looking like Dwayne Johnson. Bro, that's the, I would hate dude, that's for the that. Thing. Like, I see people who are like <laughs> mad excited about going to the gym and like drinking mm. all the protein powder. And I'm like, that yeah. does not look fun either. <laughs> I don't, I don't <laughs> want this to it come changes across. You. It changes you. <laughs> I don't want this to come across the wrong way. But you have a very inviting personality and appearance about you. That like Thanks, when people see you, they're like, oh, dude, it's Nick. I want to go hang out with Nick. Right, I'm I feel afraid, the same about y'all, dude. I'm afraid that if you got jacked, like just shredded. Oh yeah, we'd all be I like. I think yeah. I think it would <laughs> it would it would be intimidating yeah. for me because I'm like, dude, this guy's an artist. He's killing it. He's crushing it. He's going to he's, literally kill us. He's he's gorgeous. <laughs> he's going to crush us and like totally shredded. It's like I would be a little intimidated. Hmm. But like the fact that like you're, I'm glad I'm not gorgeous and you're not intimidating. No, 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 no. Don't take, don't take this away. I see what you're saying. My point is, you have it all, but not right now. I like gorgeous. Was the word you used? Gorgeous. You know, just like I'm talking like the Chad face. You know what I'm saying? Like the the face that is unattainable. Yeah. Years of practice. What comes to mind is like my dad, for instance. It's so funny because a lot of my friends were like terrified of him really and like yeah and he's like he's bald and like <laughs> like Dwayne to, the Rock Johnson he doesn't look anything like Dwayne the Rock Johnson <laughs> but I will say you know he used to wrestle in high school and like my dad can just you know he's not a weak dude you yeah. know so like and he also has the type of look where it's just like very serious all the time like when you see him you're like oh yeah, no. Bro, mm-hmm. he's like real serious. And then like you say something, he's like, oh yeah. Like he's not, he's not serious at all. Like his face is just, mm-hmm. you know, like determined looking all the time. So like for some people who are a little more like insecure, mm-hmm. like you see mm-hmm. some dude walking around like with some pep in his step, <laughs> like, what's just his like, deal? you know, just going about his business and you can be like, oh, like, I'm kind of scared around this dude. But like my dad is not an intimidating guy. Like he can <laughs> right. be like, hey dad. And he's like, oh, hey. Like he's not, <laughs> Yeah, he's not going to get like 
freaked out or anything. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's just interesting when how you come across to different people. So I'm glad I'm I'm friendly. It's you know? the reason oh, I'm yeah. customer facing. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> we don't need to um, dive into that one. But there's oh, a lot geez. to that. We could talk all day. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> I'm uh, I'm curious. Would sure. you Would you give some inside baseball real quick for me? What's inside on baseball? what? I just like you're you're a professional, right? You you do paint, you do art, you do murals, like the behind the, the scenes. Things. Yeah, no. I want to know. I'd like to think I'm a professional. Yeah, I mean, you're getting, yeah. you're hey, getting paid to do it. That's you're professional. In, sure. to me. You're in good company. We we'll all feel the same okay. way. Okay. okay. People so, say you got it. You're the professional. I'm always like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the business card says. I right? guess. Okay. <laughs> Go for it. Do, uh, I'll just rattle off three here. Sure. Do paint brushes? If I'm painting. Is there a, a specific type of paintbrush I need to buy? Is there something special? Or you think, it? it, it you know, it's a paintbrush, man. I Don't can... go cheap with paintbrushes. Okay. You know, like a good paintbrush is a good paintbrush for a reason. Yeah. Um, Purdy is a brand. They're like the yellow ones. Okay. Purdy's fire. Mm -hmm. Everything Purdy makes, fire. All so right. So like if you're going to paint stuff, Purdy's the way to go. I'm not sponsored by them in any way. But That's like, all right. Yeah. I use up. a lot of their stuff and it's all built really well. doesn't like fray and fall apart. Mm -hmm. So, But I don't usually use a lot of brushes in my stuff. Like even my canvas work, it's all like aerosol. I was going to say, you said tape. brush. I'm like, you know the dude doesn't, he's not a brush boy. He's done a couple. So then when <laughs> no. it comes to the aerosols, is there is there a, one of, a, of yeah. choice? Um. There is an Italian paint company called Loop. Loop. And Loop makes really, really good spray paint. It, you know, it's not necessarily for studio work per se, but like if you're painting something like a mural or mm -hmm. like, a, like a graffiti piece, Loop is the, it's my favorite to paint with. It's the Dang. valve system is just like smooth as butter. Mm -hmm. um, this dude's legit. He's importing his paint from Italy. I know. I mean, what can you say? <laughs> I know, right? It's like, dang. I'm not a professional or anything. Because no. <laughs> like some spray cans, when you use them, you get kind of down to the bottom of the of the can in terms of what's left. And like you're trying to spray that last bit out and the can starts kind of cutting in and out. Mm -hmm. And like you can't really get the last bit out. Dude, a loop can, like when you're... So, like, you just paint with the can the whole time, and then eventually, like, you press the, the nozzle down and nothing comes out. Oh, mm -hmm. that's fantastic. So, like, yeah. it's not sputtering as it's kind of, yeah. you know, mm. falling apart um, or, like, you know, falling out of how much paint you have. But when you're done with a loop can, it's like, clink, 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 clink. Like, there's no. nothing in It's literally just, like, a tin can now. Yeah. There's, that's like, legit. it drains all the paint out of that. Okay. So, I, f I find that a loop can stretches really, really far, too. Okay. okay. Yeah, so, I was looking at your Instagram and I saw that you had your uh, the aerosol can and you were spraying everything. I think I even saw some of the tape. How long did it take for you to uh, build out this process you're currently uh, working over some of like the trial and error stage? Good question, man. Um, Wrong time. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm thinking here. Um, well, I mean, you've been doing it for a while, right? So it's like, I mean, I'm sure trial and error. Yeah, and, trial yeah. and error is huge too. Um, but the biggest thing was like I, what I could design on a computer or what I could sketch on paper, like I couldn't really achieve that at first because like a mm. computer is just like instant and it's so crisp and it's so sharp. And like trying to render that on a wall or a canvas is like there's all these obstacles of bricks or like mm -hmm. the canvas texture. And so – Makes sense. I you know, it, be about that. it became a bit of a challenge of like, how close can I get this to making it look like a machine made this? Mm -hmm. You know, so oh. like when someone looks at a mural that I did, like I want them to think that just like, 
I don't even, I don't even know. Like it just like precision. It's so crisp and yeah. it's so clean that it's like, how did anyone do this? Yeah. You know, there's yeah. like a big pole and there's a big hole in the wall and the brick is half falling apart. And then there's this air conditioning unit that's in front of the wall. How do I put a straight line across all of that? Yeah. Like it ain't easy, but is there a trick? <laughs> you know, <laughs> the lasers. Here's something that's really weird <laughs> though is like when you're doing line work on a wall and it has to look like straight, uh-huh. you can't, when you're taping it off and sketching the lines out, if you're just doing it from your perspective at the wall, it's uh-huh. not going to work if you're looking at the wall from 30 feet back. Yeah. Uh-huh. So like, for instance, on this, the Sixth Street mural that I did, there's a water drain spout that kind of goes down through some of the colors. And when I was up 30 feet in the air on the lift, um, you know, I was, I was trying to just continue the lines, you know, and have the line go over the water spout or I don't know if spout is the word downspout. Yeah. I think that's probably the word. It's like the, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's like the drain uh, from your gutters that goes down the drain side. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So <laughs> I was trying to have the line like continue over that. And so when I was up there, I, you know, continued the line from what I thought and put the tape there. And then I was like, let me just go from the ground and see if that line like continues dude it was mm. so off to be like that's a really bad robot that made that bro it was it was just like <laughs> it, it looked like bad the line robot. goes way up because yeah. i was looking from the perspective of being 30 feet in the air yeah, yeah. so yeah. what i really had to do was like so for those watching on video like i'm trying to have the the line go straight this way okay mm-hmm. yeah. and so when i taped it up on the on the lift once the tape hits this downspout the tape kind of goes like up a little bit and then back down to the regular line. Mm-hmm. Mm. But I found that in order to get the line to look straight, the tape goes, hits the downspout and has to literally go like completely down, like by two feet. Yeah. And then once it meets the edge of the downspout, it has to go back up two feet. So like when okay. you're up in the air, it looks like this is insane. Yeah. You know? But once you're on the ground, it's like, oh, that line just continues like flawlessly. Yeah. Dang. But when you're up there, it looks crazy, bro. It looks like I don't know what I'm doing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, so just little stuff like that you pick up on and you learn like, oh, you should I try know. it with the laser. And see That's if that makes exactly a what I was just going to say. I was like sitting here thinking, I'm like, they the have those cool. lasers that you can shoot on a wall in a house and like yeah. put your mm. sure, sure. paintings or whatever in a row. But I'm like, man, if you could... You know, because you'd get the perspective of wherever the laser is. Mm. I don't know if that would help. Yeah. But I was going to bring up the opposite. Uh, Tristan, you just bought a house, and yes. a thing with most houses oh, is a lot of things. Have are I not told you about it? <laughs> the, the previous owner, uh, Cole just one, really of them was, the one of them was extremely overtly outwards against certain other races, and the other one wow. I heard Dude. joined a cult. So uh, our house is pretty dope. Okay, so that's not where I was going with this. <laughs> it's okay, at all. but that's interesting. It's okay. been a fantastic. So just a lot of houses <laughs> is especially older houses that are not square, which means a lot of the lines and like flat surfaces are not perfectly ninety degrees, like They're in a spheres. perfect square. Mm. And so <laughs> in houses, whether you're remodeling and you're like replacing like faceplates on light switches, you don't always go with what's perfectly level or straight up and down mm. you want to go with what visually looks straight up and down because every door frames at two degrees yes. and every door is at a, a negative two degrees so all my f- everything's framed so prop improperly yeah and, and that's like one of the biggest uh, like sayings in like houses is like you don't assume anything is square yep 
And so that, that just made me think of like how you visually or creatively need to make it look right instead of it being like be right. Yeah, sure, makes sure. Sense. Do you run into that a lot, especially with your straight lines everywhere? Yeah, it's a trip. <laughs> it's a trip, man. Like sometimes I'll step back from a mural like when I'm done with it and like I've worked through all those problems and mm -hmm. like when you're in the moment, you're not even really thinking about it. You're just like in production mode, you know, just making mm -hmm. it happen. <clears throat> and then sometimes like I'll revisit a mural that was previously painted and I'm just like, dude, I didn't even know that I like wrapped this line around this utility box and had three other shapes. Like, mm, yeah. like who in their right mind would <laughs> like design a mural <laughs> to have this many shapes converge on like, <laughs> this crazy shape. Like, it's just not. That's so, really cool though. In some of that, like I try now to like, the Sixth Street wall is actually a great example of this. There's hmm. very specific windows and there's very specific downspouts and stuff where the way that the downspout is actually screwed into the wall, the lines that I have to draw go underneath the downspout just a few inches off where it's screwed into the wall. Mm -hmm. So long story short, in order to do these these lines, I have to use what's called a chalk line. Have you ever seen a chalk line? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah so see. I literally tape the chalk where at the start of the line and then continue the chalk line all the way up, and then I have to snap it. But it presents an issue when there's things like trim on a window oh, or, yeah. you know, a downspout. So like all of a sudden... Uneven brick probably even. Exactly. So like what could be as easy as I just snap this little line, I now have to navigate with the architecture and the way that the architecture is built yeah. mm. to avoid any changes in elevation. Yeah. You know, so like if there's something sticking off the wall, the chalk line won't snap properly. Right. So like if you go to that sixth street wall and look up through like, let's say like you put your eye along the line Bro, it's like dancing inches from like all kinds of different stuff. But it looks so good from the street. Yeah, but like what I'm saying is in order to do those lines, you have to literally anticipate like mm. every little obstacle like oh, that right. ahead of time. So like I went out to that wall and like studied every screw on every single like everything to try to make <laughs> sure awesome, that all though. the lines that I do are going to be unobstructed. Yeah. That's so smart. But it, it makes the design look seamless when it's said and done because mm -hmm. there isn't the lines getting kind of misconstrued and confused. So yeah. I don't know if that answers your question. No, no, it does. It just, I noticed that especially when and there, there's some games I used to play where you can make like the worlds inside. So you, it's called mapping. So you'd make a map for a game and go play on the map. And I would be like super like hyper analytical about how things need to match up like perfectly square and stuff. And then I started to realize that like this really sucks. <laughs> like even to play on or like even to make it just doesn't look good because you need to have that more of a adaptive like creative like insight to it where yeah. have those it's it's almost more natural for things to have errors and then you don't even notice them if mm. there's like small enough in different areas yeah um did you ever play halo 3's forge mode? oh i loved halo 3's forge I, that, I played so many hours in that dude forge was sick did you yeah. guys ever play Forge? oh yeah definitely yeah. no Dude, so it was like, <laughs> I, I was really big actually yes. in, in in Forge. So like, mm -hmm. I think Halo 3 came out when I was in like sixth grade or something. Mm -hmm. And um, my older brother kind of put me onto Halo and it was, you know, it was cool and it was fun. It's a cool game. But once I got into Forge mode and you could like build your own levels and build your own maps, I was like, this is fire. Yes. Like, I have the creative control to create like levels and, and like 
spawn points and put the rocket launcher here. And like, you basically mm-hmm. are in a shooter game, but like you have unlimited creative control. Mm. Yeah. But Halo 3's Forge was actually, it was very innovative, but there were some restraints, you know, mm-hmm. like for instance, when you would spawn a shape or an object, like let's say you spawn like a big block and then you just let go of it in the game the way that the physics engine worked in the game, that block would, do you know this? Yes, yes, The way yes. you merge shapes? Yeah, it was like, like you were saying, it's very limiting. And they've like fixed this in later versions. Yeah. But you would put like a big like container down, like a shipping container. And you basically have to like reload the entire level. Yeah. And then put another one on top, reload it again and delete the one on the bottom. And it would be floating there. The one that you, <laughs> and so you would have to do you this to over trick the game. and over. Yes. Yeah. yeah. You literally had to trick the game to like build stuff. So I was, I was a part of the forge community where we made like racetracks. Oh yeah. So like me and I met Last this time. other dude from Tennessee and bro, like in halo three, it took us like two months to glitch the game mm-hmm. hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times yes. to build these racetracks. That's so cool. And like, yeah. it was like me and this other like middle school kid from Tennessee <laughs> and we're like on Xbox live every day. Like, and I would yep. join his games and critique and be like, what if we put like a banked turn here? And like, yeah. we were yeah. literally like designing racetrack levels. Yep. But what was tight was like, when you finished, you could then share that with your friends. And like, I, you know, I could send it to you, Tristan, and you mm-hmm. could download it and then you and your friends could play on it. So yes. I That's had a tight. few tracks that got like thousands and thousands of downloads and I'm just like a seventh grader like, oh my God, <laughs> this is the coolest thing ever. And like, yep. it, it was super I'm a game fun, designer man. now. Yeah. <laughs> People would take that and run with it. And um, one of the, the byproducts of that is you could make uh, shapes intersect with each other too because you could put them on a delay. Like you mm-hmm. make it spawn yes. in like 30 seconds later. So you had 30 seconds to go in, put a new shape intersecting with the other one. And then it'll the new the old one would spawn in, and so you have like two boxes inside of each other, <laughs> and people would make like massive like transformers like looking things and like pieces of art in the game, you know like in a shooter game like you're Dude, supposed yeah. to be going around shooting people and the guys like nah I made this giant statue, <laughs> <laughs> it just looked really cool. That's awesome. There's yeah. like the people that make like uh, liveries in Forza. Mm-hmm. You can download those, and those are tight. Because really? it's the same stuff, right? It's like you can take shapes, and, mm. you know, it's like you only have... They only give you so many things to work with. Yeah. But people can use those shapes to then make, you know, combine them and make other shapes, and they'll, yeah. like, match race cars that are in real life, or they just make, like, these yeah. crazy designs. And mm-hmm. there's, like, a whole community that just makes these skins for these cars. Well, it's like yeah. shooting with the Nifty 50. It's like, here's yep. a ton yep. of mm-hmm. constraints. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go make something cool. And it's like, uh, my favorite is just like breaking games. Like I remember like my favorite part of like you? childhood was like <laughs> Call of Duty. And it's like, all right, yes. we spent so much time developing this game, hundreds of hours, thousands yeah. of hours, whatever, millions of dollars in development. And it's like, I just want to jump out of the map and kill people from underground. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. they're yeah. like, that you're, not not the best? Su- you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> Yeah. You can't do that. And I'm like, but I just did. Dude, yeah. all the video games, Listening man. to people over the headphones when you'd be playing, you'd be killing people. And like, oh, what are you doing? You glitching. Yeah. Oh, that was the best. It's so, I don't know. I just, I love finding ways to just destroy, like, like I want to push the game to the limits sure. and find out, like, like playing Warcraft growing up and stuff like that. It's like there were, um, there was like an option to hover. And if you ran into a wall at the perfect angle, you would just start hovering up the wall and you could get out of the map and you could, there was like, there's capture the flag modes and stuff. So it's like, you have a flag and nobody can get to you. And it's yeah, like, ha, crazy. 
your developer that gets paid X amount yeah. and put in a ton of work and I just broke it. Yeah, because they like, can only do so, so much. It's so mm-hmm. rewarding because it's like I found it. It's like a treasure yeah. hunt. Yeah, it's like a way. lot of speedrunners use stuff like that. Like, oh, yeah, I've yeah, watched yeah. a few Halo speedrunners where like if you go to a certain level and like walk at a 30 degree angle into this wall <laughs> yeah. and like walk back and forth, then it'll like preload the next level in and you'll just like pass through the wall into the next level. You know? Yeah. It's like, it's Dude. just weird stuff like that with all games that, you yeah. know, as yeah. a developer, you can only accommodate for yeah. so many variables. Like it's just, I remember doing that in the Halo three campaign. Like there was like, like really weird place that you could get like five miles outside of the map and you could be on top of like a giant tower and there'd be completely no point to do it, but you'd load up it with like four of your friends and you'd go out there and get out of the map. You're like, we did it. And you're like, I don't know what we did, but we did it. Hey, <laughs> Halo three was just yeah. impeccable. Yeah. And yeah. then when Halo reach came out, mm-hmm. so the, the developer at the time, Bungie, um, who later made destiny, which is a really cool game too. Um, <laughs> but they were paying attention to this, you know, growing forge community of these people that were making these maps. Um, and so in Halo Reach, that thing that where you had to glitch the game to merge objects, they just made the next forge mode to where you just like instantly spawn objects and can do that mm. yeah. on command. So what would take me two months to make a level, I could then do in like a week. That's yeah. insane. So like me and my buddy were just like cranking out maps. Mm-hmm. And, you know, funny story, this other guy that I used to forge with, his name was Blaze. Shout out Blaze. Yo, uh, Blaze. He was making multiplayer maps. So maps that weren't racetracks, but they were actually designed like he was studying weapon placement and like, dude, he was like, he mm. had a sketchbook of just like map designs. That's sick. Of That's just like over the head shapes of what different maps dude, are. If dude, only, uh, if only like Unity and Unreal were available at that time, the dude would have been actually making his own video games. Legit. Which, yeah. Like if you if you want to get into game design, it's both of these are open source, free. I believe still. I don't know. I can to s- an extent. Yeah. I, I believe Echo, yeah. Epic Games would totally throw a subscription on if they could but if you want to get into game design free there's tons of tutorials if you have a kid nephew grandson whatever that's like i want to play video games and make them Mm -hmm. it's like that is a great opportunity that wasn't available Mm -hmm. even 10 years five years ago like this is very new and most medium level computers can develop in them pretty pretty fairly right yeah, I don't remember Halo 3. I know what? I played what? it. I was just that's like, like oh, the best man. one. I think 2 Halo is my favorite. I think that's the, the problem. Yeah. I really like yeah. 2. Halo 2 is sick too. Because that, so, that was when they were on Earth, right? 2 was on Earth, I thought. Yeah, they went there's, to... Yeah, uh, there's parts yeah. Aren't on each. Yeah. Aren't most yeah. of your paintings from 3? Um, or is yeah, it the Halo, a, the Halo Canvas series? A lot of them are. I think they're all from Halo Three. Actually. That's what I thought. That's how mm. much this dude likes Halo. Dude, yeah. it's a dude, sick. Like great. you're, you're they're, all about the space, man. Those are, those I, are freaking awesome. Yeah. Thanks, man. I'm glad you guys got to see those in person. Too. Me too. I definitely. Mm. Will. They're big, man. They're not <laughs> well, small. And you and I was. I told you this. I was like, you missed the details. Like it was awesome to see them on your social pages and be like oh this dude's i mean it's halo dude, i was like this is tight like you that know that banshee flying straight up i was I mean, like i couldn't see that no i did it's like half an inch <laughs> yeah but in 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 person whenever you're staring at it, it's like there's <gasps> all these little itty bitty bits and it's like if you know you know kind of thing mm-hmm. and it's like somebody's like well that's a weird little wisp moving up there it's like he must what have is that? His, his, his he must have had his paintbrush go across it a little funny yeah, yeah, i wanted it, it to like be cool here. regardless but if you know you know then you'll be like oh my god yeah he included this yes know? yes but huh. just quickly back to that that blaze dude i was telling you about so 
he was just this guy who him and I listened to like the same like crappy hardcore and metal bands. Yeah. And like we were always in little Xbox group chats just like lit. We're just little kids like making forge levels just to pass the time, you know? Uh-huh. And so this dude Blaze ended up making a few levels that got they really started to pop. He had like tons and tons of downloads. And so Bungie at the time had a Halo 3 community playlist so he started getting maps in the community section oh, where no like way. they were putting his maps that he and i made in matchmaking wow and so eventually he got hired by them that's awesome to be a, a level designer so that's fantastic so he did level design for them for a little while i think it was 343 though the company yeah. by yeah. the time he was there but he also helped lead you know splitgate uh, yeah, he was like uh, really? one of the main level no designers way. for splitgate yeah, so Splitgate is pretty similar to, like, Halo. Uh, like, almost all the weapons are, like, People identical. who liked Halo yeah. were like, yeah, Halo's going they in the direction we don't want, so, like, let's just make our own new game. Yeah. Wow. And it's sick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I played it a lot. And then uh, Infinite came out, like, a little bit after that, I think. Yeah, a year ago. And I have mixed feelings about Infinite. Well, what are your thoughts? I, I enjoyed it in the beta. I mm-hmm. played it a lot. I was like, oh, this game's going to be great. And then when they released it, it feel like they didn't address a lot of the issues. Correct. And so that's where my dis- disappointment began. Just like yeah. they haven't. And I know there's a lot of background stuff happening there that's probably preventing them. And I feel like they have a really small cut down team for mm-hmm. what they need. That's what it sounded like. And that, that's where most of my disappointment is. I think it's mismanagement by Microsoft. That game has crazy potential. Yes. You know, that's, that's the thing that's such a bummer is like, the mm. bare bones of that game. It's and the great. Way it all looks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love dude, the it's story. Like, it's pretty. It's pretty perfected in terms of like the art style. I think. Oh. I think they nailed it. Like, yes. The way everything looks, the yes. armor. Yeah. Because like Halo Four and Halo Five, you know, mm. after Halo Three, it's like, dude, what they, did we do? That game was flawless. So Four and Five, yeah. they were just like, oh, let's just do try all this. Different. Yeah. Let's try all this new <laughs> shit. Like, let's make it look, <laughs> yeah. you know. Which some of it's cool, but mm-hmm. yeah. it, it didn't. It started to pull away from the true Halo that a lot of people came to really know and yeah. love. And so I feel like Halo Infinite was like, you know, sorry if you're not even into Halo at this point of the conversation. <laughs> no, uh, it's all good. Hey, man. It's a I big feel like they're here for you, and you're no. you're here because of Halo. I mean, dude, it's a it's a big it's a pretty popular franchise. You know, like the Halo yeah. TV show came out. Any of you guys watch that? I, I started it, and it was so off canon. I just yeah. Couldn't. Yeah, I watched the first episode. I was like. As soon uh, as he took his helmet yeah, off, yeah. I was like, nah, dude. It's like, why, bro? Yeah. That's the whole... You're Master Chief, dog. Yeah, yeah. It's the Put whole thing. Put the helmet thing. on and just yeah. John Halo. John, John Halo. Halo. Yeah. Master Cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that nickname no. kills me. But the Infinite was awesome. I thought it was awesome. I mean, yeah. I, the game yeah, mechanics, yeah. like that, it, it had issues, mm-hmm. but I played through that and I couldn't stop. It gave me all the feels. Mm-hmm. Like, yep. as soon as I started, I was like, oh, my wife was like, are you okay? And I was like... <laughs> I'm like you, you cheeks. I was like you don't understand. Yeah. Like this is nostalgia right yeah. to the heart because mm-hmm. I we had the first Xbox yeah. and had Land no parties. idea Halo mm-hmm. was just like my brother played Halo online on the computer at some point was like really good at it mm. and it's just like we were about it and so watching it evolve over time yeah and we it's, pl- it's tough watching a franchise change you know like Star oh, yeah. Wars and stuff too like yep. that's what's even stranger like with the Halo TV show it's like dude a halo movie or tv shows like i'd be so about something like that mm-hmm. and once it came out i watched the whole season and you know it was kind of cool though because like i think they're trying to appeal halo to like a larger audience which yeah. as yeah. a halo fan and halo purist you're like yeah but like let's not do that you know right yeah. kind of a yeah. thing but i did watch the series with my girlfriend and she was like that was really good 
Yeah. Like, mm. I actually genuinely enjoyed, like, top to bottom that entire series. I was like, for real? Like, even wow. him taking his helmet off and this and that? Like, she was like, yeah, like, it, it all, it was just like a good sci fi kind of show. I'm yeah. Like, well, that's the, know, that's kind of cool that it's exposing new people to something that it yeah. looks good. That's like the struggle for large companies like that once you get so big. So, like, that's a movie. Uh, or that's a, a video game adaptation that went for the mass appeal route and mm. I assume it's doing good if, if I'm people... I'm sure they made a boatload of money off of it but yeah. like the people who know Halo and love yeah. it it's kind of like yeah. it's well, that's so like, strange because it's very similar to the Star Wars because Star Wars has this whole canon of books that they just kind of discarded to the side and so does Halo. Halo has a ton mm-hmm. of books mm-hmm. about all these stories that are in depth. And our friend John Bundick, he loves those books. Really? And I, I don't know if you've read them at all. I haven't. But does I've Joe heard Staten great. kind of write those? The three uh, for three lead guy or whatever. I don't. He's know. been like involved with Halo yeah. from the jump. Yeah, yeah. I know he he's been big, and I don't know if he had any influence in the books. I haven't read them personally, but I've heard they're great, and like they've been around forever, and they didn't pull on that resource either, which was just mm. really disappointing. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder like what cooks were in the kitchen like working on some of that one thing i will I say know. that they got right if you're not going to watch the series watch the action sequences yes mm. so good the dude. action sequences there's were a scene where master phenomenal. chief jumps off a cliff onto a banshee that he hijacks and then crashes that banshee into a covenant corvette that then explodes and then okay. he just like stands up from it <laughs> dude it's like the most bad <laughs> So at least they got like the stay true to the action. hundred percent. I just yes. think that yeah. stuff costs a bunch of money, you know, yeah. to, to film scenes like that. But every action scene in there is like flawless. Yeah. I would say like, but the plot itself, like they did some weird stuff. They're like helmets are know. expensive. That can't be in every shot. They did get the armor pretty. <laughs> they got the armor pretty right though. It looks good. Say, like, it looked. Good. It does look well, pretty tight. Would you rather? So like, with the Warcraft movie came out and it had like very limited mass appeal because you had to understand like when the video this? game uh 2019 maybe what, what was it called no. it was literally called the warcraft movie and it had very little mass appeal because you had to play the game or be familiar with the source material to mm. get it 2016 and 2016 Dang. three years off okay uh i'm i'm getting old and um <laughs> it was i thought it was amazing because that's something i grew up playing and yeah. i knew the story and i thought it, it was a great adaptation but because it didn't have mass appeal they're like scrapping it we're never doing another one and I was like, that's mm. such a bummer. But then contrast that to Halo or Star Wars where it's like, we're going to make it mass appeal and mm-hmm. you're going to keep getting more of it. But it's like at the cost of the soul of it too. Yeah, it's, it's like, would you line. rather keep mm. getting, because you love Halo, like would you rather keep getting content that's like mediocre to good with, yeah. or mediocre with gems in it? Or would you rather just be like, I want to have this memory of it the way I liked it and I don't want it to be tarnished, I guess. Yeah. Dude, that's a really good question. And it brings up a lot to what I've been thinking with like my art practice and my murals and my stuff too. It's like, all right, mm. you know, I've done the geometric murals. Like I've mm-hmm. done a, you know, some big walls that I never thought I could do, but like, all right, like what's the next step, mm. you know? So how do you evolve something that's successful and not just like continually regurgitate because yeah. like someone who's a big fan of something like you just don't want them to release Halo 3 again yeah. <laughs> remastered but, the fifth yeah. time but like Halo 3 is like the goat so it's like mm-hmm. how, how as a franchise do you make something new out of something that's old yeah you know that's yeah. what I feel like the, the Mandalorian mm-hmm. the Mandalorian had a lot of stuff that like I feel like it was far enough off some of the timeline in terms of like yes it's still in the timeline but it's like a completely separate story happening yeah, right. alongside it So, you know, there was a lot of authentic stuff with that. And they really tried to like, 
give a lot of nostalgic hits Mm -hmm. to like classic you know they went back in the prop department and grabbed stuff you know little tiny things that were in the original movies that like you know Mm. you would never even really see but the Mm. true fans like can see that stuff and you know i think those like what do you call those like callbacks um oh there's a word kind of yeah right yeah um i think it's a good word yeah yeah callbacks Callbacks i think that stuff's huge like if you are gonna try to like craft a new style or something you got to keep the true essence of like Mm. the original Mm -hmm. somehow in it you know so even with my art style too or or even with you guys with you know the the video and, and photography stuff you do like there's still a part of what got you sparked into this in the first place that you still try to like keep fueling you to do more yeah yeah and like you want the stuff that you do in the future i'm sure to contain some of that original excitement that got you going in the first place, you know? Yeah. But it's hard to like bottle that genie up and like, you know, hear me out. The secret sure. sauce is memes. Circles. <laughs> no, Circles. no, 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 no. I'm kidding. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> some. Oh no. What? How do you no, go about don't doing admit that? to that. Well, um, how did you do it with tape? Circles? Lasers? You don't. No. That's the thing. You got to freehand it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, back on that topic of like, what is like your thing? Um, we I see that a lot with uh, some YouTubers, especially smaller ones. They'll be making a lot of content, and then all of a sudden, like one video like explodes and gets like millions of views, and then all of a sudden they're like the chasing I don't the know, dragon. They're that type of guy, they're <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. Whether it's like I'm the coffee guy now, mm-hmm. even though they were like interested in making all these other different videos, like coffee works. I'm only going to do coffee now. Sure. And then, I mean, there is like tons of things you can go into in every single like type of hobby but you know it's, it's very limiting where you keep trying to i there's one youtube channel i watch where a video started exploding when he said like this is like a weird concept and ever since that one exploded he has like the word weird in every single <laughs> one of his uh, videos and it just kind of annoys me at this point it's mm-hmm. like i get it there's weird things but like that's all you ever put in the the channel uh title it's like if we ran with the sd card video yeah we are only the sd <laughs> we cards. shot this entire short film on an sd card <laughs> yeah it's like whoa oh my gosh and that may be like what draws a lot of people people in but you know, i also follow a lot of youtube channels who are very niche and they mm-hmm. just love to cover random topics yeah and they don't fall victim to like oh this video did really well i'm only going to do video on ac units now yeah because i follow this weird nerdy guy and he just talks about random old technology that's cool and he made a fun video about his journey in his house and like learning about ac and i think that's cool but he didn't fall <laughs> it's the into way that. he tells the story yes. too that makes it enthralling yeah yeah Speak. and so the downside to that is that you get that slow steady growing versus yeah. that like chasing after that big right, burst right. every single time because you can't replicate that you know yeah there's a genie in a bottle type thing you know? exactly yeah. you know what that's else a you good point man you know what else you can't replicate what's up the experience of watching a play live <laughs> A play? A play, live. You ever like, seen a play? Like, talking about the, going to, <coughs> going out. I was literally getting ready childish, to say the same child, thing. Childish Gambino. It t- makes you put your phones away for the experience. It's exactly like that. Maybe even a little better because you get to sit down during it. How mm. have you become the Segway guy? I dig it. I'm always on it, man. I was getting ready Are to be you? like, okay, here's the thing. I was literally here's getting my ready to be like, here's my yeah. of telling stories. If, if, if I do a couple of good things during the podcast, Cole's less inclined to get mad at me whenever I do a... Yeah new segment 
That's true. Such as this one, Bing Bong References. Today, I would like to shout out Terminal Montage, one of the best YouTube channels that makes parodies of speedruns, because we've been talking a little bit about speedruns. Nice. So if you have mm -hmm. any interest or any references to speedrunning in video games, <laughs> highly recommend Terminal Montage almost as much as I would recommend. <laughs> I like how he bings into the ad and then back out of the ad and then back into the ad. <laughs> Dude, Terminal <laughs> Montage is freaking awesome, though. Read us in, what are we, David. What are we doing? Read we us are in. talking about Passion for Acting <laughs> Theater Company. Passion for Acting Theater Company has a passion for bringing excellent and entertaining live theater to audiences in Bartholomew County. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right out well of, no, I couldn't do it. He ran out of breath. I tried to, go, breathe, I tried to do it all in one breath. Couldn't do it. He's had a collapsed lung before, guys. Yeah, okay, give me a break. It's a medical condition. Yes. I've been working on it. I can read I'm it if you now. want. <laughs> we got one more sentence uh, you got it passion for acting theater company created in 2018 performs dinner theater productions at the terrific and eclectic willow leaves of hope on the square in hope indiana we should all dress up and go one time that'd be sick that's what i'm saying i want to learn am i doing the whole thing yeah yeah i want to learn their first production, The Miracle Worker, was a huge success and received great reviews from audience members. Since then, Passion for Acting Theater Company has performed 10 shows, ranging from comedies like The Kitchen Witches and The Odd Couple, to drama and suspense like the original murder mystery Angel Street, to classic children's literature like The Secret Garden and Anne of Green Gables. Their next show will be Kalamazoo, a comedy about what happens after what happens when older what? What happens older folks? Uh-oh, that's a typo. Uh-oh. What happens when older folks try to try to... <laughs> wow. Try what? Cole, did you type this? No. Uh, I think you should say you did. Uh, okay, I did. Sorry. I did it. Uh, and I'm proud. They try to get into the online dating scene. Kalamazoo would be performed at Willow Leaves of Hope in February, just in time for Valentine's Day. Ooh. Or to laugh at the winter's blues away. Enjoy a delicious dinner and a great night of entertainment at Willow Leaves of Hope. Their phone is 812-341-7251. Call now to make reservations for this laugh out loud comedy. What happened to this? This was not like this last time. I think we've been filling in the blanks in our head. What? Yeah. Dude. The coffee is awakening my oh. brain this time. What is that? Well, because what is... we're shooting in the morning instead of at night usually. Oh. What's Berenstain and Berenstein Bears effect? What is that called? Like, uh, oh, um, whatever. Mm -hmm. Mandela effect. Mandela effect. Have when you, you, know, yeah, yeah. you remember things you know differently. The Mandela effect? Mm -mm. It's like a weird thing that happens when like, uh, I think it just goes when a whole bunch of people just don't check each other. I think it happened a lot more before the internet. Yeah. It's like the game of telephone. Kind yeah. Of. Kind Where of, but with your think, memory. Yeah. Like, I mean, I kind okay. of. So, like, here we go. There's a yeah. bunch of people. Uh, you're going to read it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the Mandela effect uh, it says false memories can sometimes be shared by multiple people. This phenomenon, uh, dubbed the Mandela effect, by paranormal researcher Fiona Broom, who reported having vivid and detailed memories of news coverage of South African anti apartheid leader Nelson Mandela dying in prison in the 1980s. And so they show like 50 examples. Yeah. of like different things as well so a whole Dang. bunch of people thought they heard on the news that he died in prison they swear but he by didn't it. die 
One of them is the Berenstain Bears is versus Berenstain Bears, E-I-N-A-I-N type of thing. And mm-hmm. like everybody's like, I remember very vividly. Another one, like there was a parody video recently where somebody's like, it's the Cheerios. And it's like, no, it's just Cheerios. He's like, no, there's a the there. And like, nobody's like, there's no the. And it's just, it's these weird little micro hmm. arguments in people's heads that have no bearing on reality. Not to say it's not true or whatever, but it's just like, it's it's never meaningful <laughs> things. It's always very arbitrary so the thing you were referencing was that it's baron stein instead of baron stain yeah and everybody thought it was stain there's a bunch of them like that it's just really weird stuff oh yeah there's kind of the injurious no that's the joke like that it was a it was a parody video of the mandela (laughs) effect it was parody i was like i've never seen it though (laughs) do you guys watch nathan for you Yes. Oh, I love Nathan uh, for you. It, what's his name? Nathan, Fe- Nathan, Nathan Fielder. 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 Yes. yes. Have you seen his new show? Uh-uh. Uh, uh, I ba- think I watched an episode or two, actually. Uh, what's it um, called? The Rehearsal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it gets super weird. It's awesome. It's what's wild, the appeal dude. to you? What would you bring Nathan up? Nathan Fielder? Well, I just feel like he lives in like that realm of like parody and like oh, yeah. satirical, yeah. Um, like taking things hyper literally, which yeah. is the comedic part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, like there's the break it you buy it policy uh-huh and so like if you go to this antique store and you buy something or if you break something you have to buy it so his 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 idea was well you know your shop's right next to a bar and uh-huh. so your hours are, don't coincide with the bar but if you can lure in a bunch of drunk people here <laughs> and they have to wear a sumo outfit and they're like stumbling around they're gonna bump into stuff and then you're gonna make a profit on whatever they break that's amazing you know? so yeah. like that's each episode awesome. is just like exploiting goofy little stuff like that i love his bits on the onion whenever he was the news reporter and he would do those that's i think i don't know maybe that's where you got to start but that's Mm. the first time i'd seen him and it was from like early 2010 era like 11 12 era and um long time ago very very literal i mean i know he's he's probably only in his 30s i mean that's pretty Mm. young for him to start acting but it was he's an actor um or sorry he's a he's a reporter and i think the portrayal is that he has like asperger's or something so it's very literal comedy um and then he would interview people and take everything very very seriously and uh the the it's always turns into some parody like the guy's in jail and he's uh doing an interview with them and yeah. the guy starts describing what it's like to be in prison there's order routine um the meals are always prepared and like he isn't telling it in a way that sounds appealing but the way the reporter interprets mm. it is like this sounds awesome i want structure i want all these things and he's like how do i go to prison i want to go to prison and he's like you don't want to be here and he's like i need to be in prison this sounds great and it's just it takes these like very yeah. mundane things or very unappealing things and it shows it like from a different mm. perspective it could be good at that it could be yes. interesting yeah. yeah, that's what he did with the rehearsal, which I think was a bit in Nathan for you. He, he took that and kind of ran with it. And so rehearsal for you guys, uh, his idea is if you can re- rehearse an interaction oh my with God, somebody yes. over and over and over in a virtual environment with paid <laughs> actors, you can anticipate every single reaction and conversation you could have with this person. Dude, it gets crazy. Bro. And he it's builds an entire set of the bar like down to like the the, the type salt of and pepper shakers yeah. and, the, and the glass and everything just to and practice what it would be like to have the conversation this person wants yes. to have with the other person 
So it's like they hired stand-ins to represent the person they're going to talk to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they would be like, well, what if that person is, you know, angry or upset? You know, how yeah. would you counteract that? So like, yeah. And he, he makes flow charts for yeah, the guy. Dude. He's like, all right, so we're on like subsection B, uh, part A, uh, division B. <laughs> Just like, you, you said you weren't going to say that joke this time. Are you going to say the joke now? <laughs> yeah. It's like, that dude, isn't when you so say funny. the joke. So then will he go and then have the actual conversation? Yes. Yeah. Yes. But you have the backstory of like, the fact that they mm-hmm. went this far over something so like yeah, very conversation. <laughs> Did yeah. you guys ever do that growing up? I don't. I don't do it as much now. But like, do you like do the whole conversations in your head and like interactions and mm-hmm. like you just replay different scenarios on how they would play out? If it's a stressful one, like um, if I, you know, like when I was going to court. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> be, that, that's less fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'd be prepping myself. I like the. I like the chance okay. of what are we gonna have a conversation about you know it's just like today i was like hey let's just not have an outline so that mm. way it's like we're leaving mm. our conversation up to natural chance yeah i just I, yeah. i'd say that makes sense you yeah. know what i mean it's just fun i mean sometimes change it up don't get me wrong i dig yeah. structure but it's nice to be like hey let's just see what happens halo halo yeah. halo <laughs> i like i don't really rehearse much before i say i probably should you know but <laughs> most of the time it's just kind of off the cuff or like you know even when i would have to do presentations in high school or college or mm-hmm. you know even doing presentations now for my business it's like yeah you know, yes, I may have a presentation or something, but like I'll go off that presentation too. Or like, well, you guys were there for the small talk, weren't you? No. Yeah, like a lot of that, bro. Like, <laughs> no, you guys weren't there. We were not. Cat <laughs> was there. Well, yeah, Cat was there. That's what I was thinking. Our, 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 we were there in proxy. Yeah, but like a lot of that stuff. Like, yes, there's a slide there, but what I say about that slide is completely like, you know, I I didn't pre-write any of it out. It's just kind of off the cuff. Yeah. Um, from the heart. Yeah, I just. I, f- I find the more I think about it, the more I'll like screw it up. Really? And I'm like, oh, mm. oh shoot. I, you know, as I'm saying something, I'll be like, oh, well, I wanted to actually say this. And then I'll just like get my signals crossed. Yeah. And then yeah. I can't get it out. Yeah. I used so, to be total opposite. I used to have a ton of anxiety. So I would just think about every single thing I would say. Yep. And that lasted up until like partial part of the way through college. Really? Where I basically just had to go get counseling because I was so worried about whether people were thinking of me mm-hmm. and I didn't think of myself that much. And so now I am much more comfortable doing it. And it actually helped me in college, like giving presentations. I relaxed yeah. myself and I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to write a bullet point for what I want to say on this presentation. And then I just let myself talk. Yeah. And it was just so much more comfortable just existing yeah. and like standing in front of a group of people and like being able to talk. It's like, oh. I know what to talk about now. Sure, sure. Yeah. And I think it's a skill, too, that you can develop oh, to just be like... 100%. Like a professional bull- Yes. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it oh, is. yeah, no, silver I, tongue. Yeah. Well, it's like my dad, too. Like, he used to be a salesman. So, like, he, like he could sell you, like, a water bottle if you... No. Like, you know, Made a so glass. It's it just being <laughs> around someone who can, like, get you kind of... Just be authentic enough and, like smooth with your conversation that it's they don't feel like it's like pre-planned at all like if you want to sell someone a water bottle you don't actually try to sell them the water bottle you mm-hmm. ask them about their kids and their family and their history and their past you know like you just you you just make a friend mm-hmm. you yeah. know and then once you have a friend not that you want to try to just sell stuff to your friends but yeah. you know once 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 the ball is in their court after you've kind of dribbled it back and forth with them not that i'm trying to do a basketball analogy here but um yeah, I actually don't know where I was going with that. Basketball? What's basketball? So I'm a professional. 
chapter, but I completely lost my yeah. point. Hey, there there you go. Go. No, no, 100%. You proved it. <laughs> I, 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 I'm in. I was what are you selling? Yeah. 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 yeah, you're like, all right, this basketball That's analogy. relatable. He forgot yeah. what he was going to say. I do that basketball. all the time. Yeah. yeah. He's doing it just for you. Yeah. yeah. Well, there, there's a lot of that in art, too, where it's like, mm. you know, these long artist statements where it's, you know, people paint a canvas orange, and then it's like this long like. artist dossier about oh, the socioeconomic, <laughs> you know, mm. circumventing of our society that we're currently enveloped within has, you know, reconstituted our openness. <laughs> like, it's just, you're throwing big words in there that don't really mean anything. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't right. even understand them. You're like, oh, this yeah. is about the lifespan of a tangerine and how that corresponds with the recycling that is happening and the yeah. dying of our planet. And you're like, no. Yeah, some of it's... I buy it! It's a little out there. Like, art in general, it's weird, dude, because when when you're an artist, you're, like, stepping into a world that has been developed for, like, thousands of years. Mm -hmm. And so you're walking into previous art histories, and it's like, you know, I struggle with this as an artist, and I'm sure you guys with with what you do struggle, too, where it's like, all right, you know, I'm this guy living in Indiana. Like, what do I have to say about art in art history like mm. okay okay michelangelo has already existed homeboy painted the sistine chapel with like 30 assistants and it's a full-on certified banger okay yep what do sure. i have to say you know what yeah. do i have to do okay cool i paint triangles big whoop so it's yeah. like you know when you look at the previous context of of everything you know ha- having the confidence yeah. per, per your conversation yeah. earlier to like even feel like you're doing anything or contributing yeah. Imposter anything. syndrome. Yeah. Exactly. And like, but things are different, you know, culture and society changes so much. Like, you know, mm-hmm. Michelangelo, I'm pretty sure I, I could be wrong about this, but like you got to be funded extremely to be able to paint the Sistine Chapel. Like hmm. there's well, tons yeah. of money yeah. being put into that. You have, like a massive amount of people working underneath you. And like, he oh, yeah. probably himself maybe didn't even paint all of it. You what, know, like he you know had the assistants story? that painted it. Huh? Do you know the story about why he painted what he painted? Uh, I don't know. We probably can't go into it too much on the podcast. Cause it's not PG. Um, but basically <laughs> he got really ticked off. Give me the PG version. <laughs> uh, he got really ticked off about painting because they were trying to limit his creative ideas. My dog. About right? sexuality. <laughs> hold me down. Sexuality mm. and depictions that he could put on the wall. So he basically says his middle finger to them was drawing a bunch of naked dudes up on the roof of a church. There you go. It's really, mm. really wild. Like, go read about it but it's just mm. it's really funny to see like even back then people are like i want my creative freedom and they're like nah and he's like fine i'll yeah. just do <laughs> it in this. a way that you are agreed to and it's a banger though and yeah. it's and everyone's gonna love it and you can't do anything about it yeah <laughs> it'll be there yeah. forever <laughs> yeah it's like but as an artist today is like well i don't have like 30 assistants underneath me making my stuff you know maybe one Not day yet. who knows but <laughs> mm-hmm. like you know, so what what do you do in that in that realm? Like even for you guys now that you've hired people, it's like, oh yeah. shoot. And I know we I think we talked about this last podcast. Like, how do you take those initial nuggets that got you guys going and, and fuel early on and how do you how do you share that with new hires? You know, yeah. you know, that, still that's figure, not a, a, a still figuring that out them in like exactly the art style. Cause like, we don't want our photos and people that work for us photos to look drastically different because it's like, we've built a style that clients come to expect. Uh, and you know, it's just, 
That's, that's part of the training. Yeah. It's tricky how it all evolves. Yeah, that's why we've slowly let go of these things. It's mm. not just a next day, you know, oh, you have the capability, so here you go. Right. It, that, that stuff has to be taught and expanded upon over a period of time. And it's, it is. It's incredibly difficult. And I, I mean, went and downplay. Especially as an artist. What your value is to the art community. Because mm. are you aware that, like, Picasso is, like, a big deal? <laughs> Do yeah. you know who Picasso is? Yeah, I've heard of the guy. Do guy. you know, a lot of people think he's just like a really old artist that like made some cool stuff. Here's the thing. He only died in 1973. It wasn't yeah, that it wasn't long, long ago. ago. No. And like he came in and then you got Warhol and stuff who arguably is a good painter. And uh, <laughs> depends on who you are. But it's like there's these yeah. amazing artists that have only come out within the last 50 years by the time they, they left their legacy. And sure. it's like, yeah, there's Michelangelo and, you know, like making not just art but like he was also an engineer of sorts and it's like doing mm-hmm. all these crazy things it's like you can still make a huge impact even being out of indiana because i mean there's not a whole lot of minimal abstract artists in this area that are making yeah, a name weird, for themselves bro. it's weird dude you're in the I'm, middle of I'm a cornfield a, yeah bro i'm on a farm state painting like <laughs> geometric shapes like it's it's kind of out there bro that's it's also, been a hard you're, sell you're pioneering too. it like that's yeah, a, it's a I new guess. it's a new lane that a lot of people around here are mm-hmm. less familiar with unless sure. they live in columbus where everything's mid-century and that style like, yeah yeah like i you know being a kid of the internet age like your mm. access to inspiration is global. You know, it is yeah. me playing Halo 3 in sixth grade <laughs> and literally like spawning architecture and like yeah. bending architecture at my will. So now like as a creative and as a mural artist, I'm literally kind of doing the same thing. Like, mm. you know, so that awesome. experience Michelangelo doesn't have, yeah. you know, it's so true, working, working as a little kid, as my brain still developing, creating three-dimensional mm. worlds. Entirely based on oh, how with a controller. limited halo's engine was so yeah. all of halo's like a low like halo one and two is like low polygon yeah. and you're mm-hmm. like wow all these like minimal shapes are sick and now it's like because computers were just poorly optimized at that time in history it's like mm. i like sharp pointy edges and they're yeah. sick yeah yeah and it's like well, they took that and ran with it yeah, yeah they, they, they emphasized the that type of thing yeah because oh, like now everything's the, like yeah. surreal like super mm-hmm. like literal and I, I imagine there's probably gonna be a lot of artists that develop in the next 10 15 years that probably take more of that approach <laughs> yeah. that's like, like a bit yeah. <laughs> i think it's really interesting um something i was listening to last week they were talking about like the concept of a mall and how when somebody says like you know i went to the mall you immediately have a picture of like the environment like what going to the mall meant yeah. especially mm-hmm. for like people in the 90s like going to the mall was like big that's that big was, like, the thing that you do yeah but malls didn't always exist we invented the mall but now it's this like cultural idea that we have and now it's just like of course yeah the mall as just a thing now it yeah. is its own thing that just now exists and we can't change what it is really yeah. same with like halo's architecture like star wars like we were saying before we we make these things and now they are like what we re- real. restrict ourselves to almost it almost limits us on what we can think can be possible it's sure, a first sure. person shooter yeah. it can only be a first person shooter there's nothing yeah. else you can change about <laughs> yeah, it and then there's mm-hmm. people racing in oh, there yeah, with yeah. little motocross little yeah. mongooses going around yeah. yeah but dude it's i think you bring up a really good point man because it's like i had a moment not too long ago i was painting this mural and, you know, as a creative and as an artist, you make stuff, you put it out there and you kind of move to the next project or whatever. But I remember I was painting this, like, this very complicated mural on 
multiple surfaces in this like lobby way for this company. And, mm. you know, I was doing my geometric style and I was rendering this big red shape deep in the corner of this like hallway. And like the hallway was gray um, originally. So I'm, I'm putting reds and other colors on top of it. And it was a really weird moment because I had just taped one of the shapes off and painted it this very vibrant red. Mm-hmm. And I remember like I painted it the red, peeled the tape off. And then like I went to go grab a few supplies and like came back and looked at it. And like, there's just a weird moment where you're like, oh, this doesn't feel the same anymore. Mm-hmm. It's like when you first paint a new room and like you walk into that room after the paint's dry after a day or like, you know, you paint a room and then the next day you're like, oh, shoot, I kind of forgot we painted this, this color. Like yeah. it gives you a different vibe. Oh, yeah. You we, know, so we just washed the walls at my house and it's like, oh, my gosh, they're, <laughs> they're not matte. They're shiny and, and the, the room's really bright and vibrant. It's like yeah. it, whether it's a level of like luminance or saturation or anything, like just that slight variation and in, in mm-hmm. the, the color of it, it does a lot. It makes the whole I mean, like the the whole color theory of like certain colors make you feel a certain way, like sure, blues, sure. reds, and like you shouldn't paint your kitchen or your your kitchen and dining rooms like I think it's orange. It makes you hungry or something like that. Like there's hmm. and there's like red stands out to certain people. Like that's why all the like signs for fast food are red because it draws people's yeah, eye red first. And yellow. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like there's all these like little weird things about color and how it makes people feel subconsciously and they don't even know it. Yeah, yeah. dude, it's powerful, man. Like. And I think that's important as creatives that we are world building with mm-hmm. what we do. Like, especially like with you guys, when you tell a story and you make a film, it's like, dude, when people watch that, you're taking them to a new place or a place they've never been, you know? So it's like, as an artist or as a creative, I haven't, you know, really latched on to certain advice that I've heard from different artists. But one of my favorite artists said something that really stuck out. He was like, um, as an artist, find a unique kind of world that you like feel like you live within mm-hmm. and like find your own kind of spin on how to show that and find the easiest way to share that world with other people. Mm-hmm. And that's like, awesome. I, I think as a filmmaker, as a creative, that's like a huge thing that like, I don't know, stands out to me as kind of what I'm trying to do. Yeah. We should do that at the office. And um, we had a, a psych course in college and you, you have yourself in the middle and you stem off of it like a spider web drawing and you have little hubs of things that have helped shape you throughout your life. Yeah. Hmm. And then from there, you kind of stem off of like what the values or what the takeaways were. But I think it'd be really cool just to see how much of an overlap everyone has in the office sure. cool. of like, oh, like we all really like video games. But then it's like, obviously, Cole's really into cars. Mm-hmm. And it's like, maybe that's not something David and I grew up with. But David's mm-hmm. like definitely has like that technical background that Cole shares with him and that yeah. I'm less inclined to. And it's like video games. It's like all around. So yeah. well, dude, I think that's really like, cool. That's really uh, what, what's the word like? Um, it was a, it was a college class I could have taken, but I forget what it was called. It's like the study of um, like community and like human interactions. Sociology. I think it starts with an A. Anthropology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. I think that's kind of like anthropological. Yeah. That's the biggest word I think I've ever used in my life. Yeah. But like to to what you're saying, it's like um, different past experiences and also interests. Yeah. How those combine Mm -hmm. dictate kind of who your friends are, who your like family group is, you know, different traumatic experiences you've had growing up or Mm -hmm. great experiences. Yeah. All kind of nudge you in different directions, you know? So like, for instance, when I first started playing Halo, 
and then I start making these levels. I would have never thought I'd be on a couch in Columbus, Indiana, talking with you guys, you know? Yeah. But yeah. shoot, here yeah. we are. So it's like each day there's like something mm-hmm. else that kind of pops up that, you know, it's very yeah. subtle, but like yeah. each day you're moving a direction, you know, kind of to that highway thing I was talking about earlier where if I go down that road, I'll take it all the way. It's like you're not even really dictating your road half the time. It's like your surroundings and... Well, that's your culture because like before the internet, it was like what your environment was. And it was like, this is our culture because this is the area we're from. But I think like the cool thing about the internet, in your case at least, and I think for everybody's case, is like it just opens Mm. up how many people you interact with. So cultures can be, you know... Like there's probably one specifically for horror filmmaking in the area because we have a guy that comes in. He's like, yeah, I'm like the main leader. And like we have a Facebook page and they have thousands of interactions. And it's like, you know, uh, 50 years ago, what does that look like? It's like you and three dudes in your garage. And now it's like Mm. 2000 people within 50 miles of each other. Yeah. And so like your culture becomes like more global, global and more unified in a way where you can be very. And then Mm. that's also social media is like throws an algorithm at it so it's like yeah, echo chambers where then you have like specific groups and then the like the computer's pushing you into those so it's like there's pros there's cons definitely but at the yeah. end of the day it's what you do with it we get a lot of um, those artist movements and historically we are able to look back and identify like certain ones like postmodern. Yeah, do you guys have any favorites? I'd, I just, I'd be mid-century. curious some of yeah. your mid-century. Um, so postmodern, I have very mixed feelings with just because it really requires the context of a lot of the pieces. Hmm. Um, so Seinfeld is a pretty good example of what postmodern TV is because it's a response to older, like hunky-dory, like family time TV, where at the end of every episode, there'd be like a lesson that like somebody learned and like everybody would hug. And Seinfeld's like the opposite, where it's like all these problems happening and like the character's doing the exact opposite or like doing like the most ridiculous thing. And so everybody understands like why it's funny and what it's addressing or what it's not addressing. But there's a lot of like uh, postmodern movies or uh, TV shows or books that if you don't have that context and it's like subtle enough to where you're not familiar with the background, it can be taken mm. the wrong way. Yeah. A lot of and nihilism. people can run with it because it's not preloaded with gotcha. like a prologue or like a description. It's like, this is about like all the things that are wrong with it. It just goes ahead and starts uh, on this weird wild path. Yeah. Of, um, it, t- it takes you on a journey that if you're familiar with what it's addressing, it totally clicks and makes sense. And that, that's that's my my issue with postmodernism. Sure, but that it, it I, I have a huge amount a of respect bit. for it. Yeah, because if you're not, familiar, especially newer generations, yeah. they didn't grow up with whatever the people made that art for. So it's not even they have no tools to unless they go back and like learn like twenty years of history beforehand. Yeah, it's like my artwork is very inspired by like internet culture too, mm-hmm. and just like the evolution of the internet and gaming and stuff. Yeah, but like if you're just some old dude. You're going to be like, what is some of this? You know, like it kind of racks your brain Mm -hmm. of like, I don't really have an access point to really get this. But that's where you have to like get the story. It's probably harder with 2D, like Mm -hmm. single moments. So like photography and um, like art drawings and paintings and stuff. But like for a video, it's like, all right, can we include a story that has a common theme? Yeah. Um, I think Rick and Morty is like a common example where like they started to do the whole deconstructionist postmodern Mm-hmm. Um, where it starts off like very nihilistic yes. and then the creator who was going through a divorce ends up dating someone in real life 
mm-hmm. and you can see how that shifted his whole art form to be more positive and yeah, like crazy. and like have this whole character arc where the guy who the main character in the show who is very nihilistic starts to see the value of family yeah and the there's redemptive of, qualities that start to come out and yeah. start to come out That's and it's crazy. like almost entirely based on the artist's experience and That's it's like beautiful. It's man. really cool. To see <laughs> All how, contained in this silly, zany adult swim cartoon. Yeah. Show. That's yeah. So funny. And it's like a lot of people reference it. And it's like, oh, it's a really funny show or it's really mm-hmm. sci fi or it's too weird for me. But it's like, There's as long as you can have it. like that storyline that people find relatable, because everybody yep. gets sad. Everybody has good days and bad days. And it's like, how can I take that simple concept and just f- like make it as crazy as possible? But like, as long as the story's there, people will mm-hmm. get drawn to it. Hmm. And that's like, I, yeah. I assume that's probably pretty hard to do with certain art pieces outside of like television and, and mm-hmm. movies. Yeah. It's tricky too, because there have been so many substantial art movements of the past, yeah. you know, and they've all like postmodernism and, mm-hmm. you know, there's, there's lots of different art movements that really are a response to other cultural things that are happening that kind of inform what they do. Yeah. yeah. So like, have you heard of something called Dadaism? <laughs> D-A-D-A. Dada? Yeah, so it was an art movement. Uh-uh. I believe it was during World War One. Mm-hmm. Um, so World War One was just kind of like a horrific time for a lot of different places. Um, and so it emerged these artists that instead of being um, inspired by like the classics of like Michelangelo and like painting representationally, they were just taking like newspaper cutouts and mm. just like any elements of culture they could and basically sat, sat making them satirical mm. and like mm. they would they would cut people's faces and put different people's eyes on them and a uh, lot of it was very pioneered by like collage like there's a good example right there uh, and so some of it's like cool. really really right? dark yeah but kind of the overarching theme is that their art is essentially kind of pointless like Mm-hmm. we're basically yep. making art for the sake of just art itself. Yes. And there is no deep meaning behind any of it. There's no artist statement. It's literally like, so when people would ask them like, Hey, what does this like collage mean? And they're just like, right. Well, it just is Dada. And people yeah. are like, okay, well, what is Dada? They're like, well, Dada is what Dada always has been and, it, and what it always will be. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. People are like, uh, well, what will, all, you know, like, <laughs> so they basically were just like making stuff for the purpose of just, making it and being outlandish and kind of goofy so yeah Mm -hmm. you know there's a lot of art right now that's creeping up that and even people who like (laughs) as we call it posts (laughs) a a little bit it's kind of like it's kind of like early trolling a little bit where it was like taking nothing seriously and society was so heavy and dark at the time that they were just like nothing nothing matters yeah Yeah. we're just gonna make this goofy thing Mm -hmm. like one of the most popular dadaist artworks is um I forget what the dude's name is. I think it's like R. Mutt or something. But he basically took a urinal. I think and that, like, that was that when one he popped up, up first. Yeah, he took yeah. a urinal and just like yes. signed the urinal. Yeah, and then like says, submitted it uh, into an art Dadaism gallery. Dadaism is a predecessor to postmodernism, which 100% exactly. makes sense. That's yeah. funny. So like he sent that to an art gallery and they were like, um, <laughs> what is this? And he was like, it just, it's, it's art and it is yeah. what it is. And they're like, mm-hmm. not really. He's like, but... I yeah. mean, tell me it's not. It's well, 100% you, a commentary in reaction. Yeah. yeah, and some of that, like, I kind of awesome. hate. Like, I think that's so stupid at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Gatekeeping but art. it's also pretty bad, too, because, like, yeah. he didn't have to do that. Well, he could have right. just painted whatever one wanted him to do, but instead he was like, I'm going to think real weird here. 
That's who's yeah. the guy that sold all his stuff NFT dude. Uh, Beeple. 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 Hey. Like that's all his stuff is the same. Beeple's you know I mean? kind of dataist a little bit mm. in some ways. Like it's just very yeah. like it's I'm gonna one put all day. these things. But his in. is very like socially like um, in tune with what's happening right yes. now. Yes. Yeah. yeah. But like you contrast that the dataism of like I of what you said World War One. Mm-hmm. It was it World War Two as well. I think it was just World War One so was kind of the birth one. of it. Okay. Um, yeah. But it was a response to how chaotic and crazy things were. Yeah. And they were just kind of acting crazy to sort of mimic how crazy things sort of already mm-hmm. are. Have you know. Have you ever seen Guernica, the uh, the painting by Picasso? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so like, like you contrast one war's result in art style, which is like this very abstract, nothing matters. And then Picasso's Guernica is a very disfigured, village mm. of people and animals because the, the village gets bombed like into the ground and there's there's nothing left and people die and it's like it's a very brutal picture mm. but it's his um mm. it's his abstract uh what's what's the name of his style it's an abstract uh where the faces are very uh i don't know i think he was like a cubist cubist yeah oh, yeah i think so um, so he like it's Cubism. a very drastically different art style but surreal. it's surreal yeah. uh depiction of of basically the exact same era mm. or the same, uh, I guess, yeah. Similar time period. Yep. Similar time period, similar environment, similar experiences. Oh, and yeah. it's like you can make something yeah. completely different. Yep. It's huge as well. I was really? going to say, it's I massive. saw the... It's like a mural. It's like yeah. 15 feet tall or something like yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. Dude, we, they showed us um, that in high school in our Spanish class. And I was just like blown away by like... There you just, go. It's a little kid standing in front of it. Like <laughs> you could... you if you, The more you look at it and you start to look at the faces, like you can imagine... Mm even in its cubist abstract form, what that must have been like in some way. And it's yeah. like really cool to me that a 2D drawing could capture an experience mm. like that without being photo real. So sure, realism sure. is definitely, um, it's a great tool. And we're seeing there's a, a comeback, especially with Donald, Donald Glover's work in Atlanta, mm-hmm. uh, especially the later seasons. Um, I don't know if you've seen Atlanta mm. at all. It's amazing. Um, it's a great, great show. And uh, it's a it's a commentary on like what life is in Atlanta for like black people, and they surround it with all these surreal surreal elements too that just happen randomly throughout each episode, and it's basically saying like look at all these insane like I- events if it were to happen to you. It would just be like, what is going on? Yeah. But that's intertwined with normal. all of the the social things they're having to deal with, and they're just like they're just taking it on or acting like it's not weird. Mm. And that That's just interesting. that combination is like, oh wow, this whole situation should be surreal in the first place. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's crazy. I don't yeah. think it's like the, the nice thing about it too is it's not limited to like a specific. Like I don't have mm-hmm. to be black from Atlanta it's to so enjoy malleable. it yeah. because like the idea of going through your mundane day and then you get a wrench thrown out of anywhere. It's mm. like, wow, that's pretty relatable. And then they just do the same thing a yeah. lot of TV shows and exemplify it by mm. like going even more extreme yeah, in that direction. All of a direction. sudden, you're at the mall and you're trying to leave and you're lost in the parking garage and it feels like it has a million floors. Yeah. And you realize everyone in your parking garage is actually one of your exes. <laughs> and then like the only way to get out is this weird, creepy door in a corner and it's just a deep black hole. Yeah. And then like, you get through the other side and like you just show up somewhere completely different in Atlanta. And it's just like, oh, okay. All right. All right. And your friends there is like, can we get a ride home? It's like, yeah, sure. And yeah. that's how the episode ends. And <laughs> yeah. you're like, what? That's crazy. Like, this is just normal. I'll have to check that out. You yeah. like contrast that with like, I'm going to the store for milk and I go mm-hmm. to the store and I run into somebody I haven't seen in 14 years. Yeah. And it's like, I had no <laughs> desire to ever see them again. It yes. throws off your whole mental game. Mm. And then like, mm-hmm. 
you leave the store, you end up home and like there's like that gap in your memory of like, how did I get here? The last thing I remember was this and like all this weird stuff is yeah. like your brain just kind of goes on autopilot and it's like you take that concept and you're like, what if we just mm-hmm. made it super, super weird? And it's like, all right, yeah. you're stuck in a car garage mm-hmm. and then you end up somewhere else. Yeah, and, and it's supposed to make you think, is this really the weird part or is it all the other stuff that's in the show, the weird part? That's yeah, supposed right. to be weird, and yeah. we're just thinking that's normal. You know, for a guy that doesn't like the word weird, you use it a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. weird. Oh man, so weird. start putting in all of our titles of Triflix. This it's podcast is weird. Super just weird and wacky artist comes in to talk. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. crazy. I'm kooky. I'm gonna do the producer thing. I'm gonna shut us down. Oh, uh, all right. Oh, now we'll have to bring Nick back so we can continue sure, talking sure. about Halo. I hate to be that person, but uh, I'm good. very late for I you. Don't you operate a business. Yes. You gotta get the work. You know. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, uh, as usual, this will be one of the longer ones that we do this during a season. This whole season's been long. Like, I dig it. Yeah. I like it. I'm into it. We're just rolling with things. So, thank you, Nick, for coming back again and hanging out with us. This Glad has been an know. awesome chat, as usual. Maybe at some point we'll run in again and we'll do something cool. Um, <laughs> he slapped the wall behind the couch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can almost see it in the shot. Almost. Oh, here you go. We're going to um, get to sit there. It'll be okay. So, yeah. So, I think a lot of cool things to come. Uh, we've talked about a lot of different ways to collaborate, and I'm mm-hmm. not going to say anything else other than that because it sounds awesome. And Nick yeah. and I shook on it. So, it's official. He can't go back. Blood on it. contract. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. I did have a little <laughs> bit of blood on my. No. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, no. Thanks as always for yeah. coming. This has been a great Dude. conversation as usual. Appreciate you guys. Every time yeah. we come in, we have a, a good chat, even even off podcast too. Heck yeah, oh, man! They're just cool people. Yeah, you know, eager to learn more and be creative. And world needs more people like y'all. So. Always feel bad. We practiced we all those conversations. Be recording. <laughs> yeah, we just practiced the conversation. Yeah, we practiced this so many times that we would talk about Halo again. Yeah, you know? yeah. <laughs> we knew. Hey, there's so much to talk about. With there was Halo. three other directions, but we mostly practiced the Halo conversation. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we appreciate it. But Nick yeah. has a website. Uh, is it? It's just nickabstract.com. Yep. Nick Abstract. Boom. Yep. You, you just f- type that in anywhere, YouTube, Instagram. Nice. I'm, I'm, I'm there, dude. Check out his stuff. Um, and you will maybe have some more. He, we, he just had a, a gallery. I think that's over with, yeah? Yeah, I had an exhibition at the uh, the workshop in Columbus, which was a really, mm-hmm. really cool place. Um, and I did a mural last year here in Columbus, so hopefully... I don't know. There's lots of more, lots of walls here in Columbus still yet to be painted. I drove past a few on my way in today. Just like, man, I'd love to paint that one. There you go. If you have a sick spot and you want to host a gallery, I know a guy that's got some art. Oh yeah. Let me know. know. (laughs) So yeah. So check out Nick. Um, Thanks for listening as always. This is a good episode. So check it out. Um, You can find us as well on Instagram, YouTube, every major podcast app. And if we're not on it, let us know. We'll do it. Um, Yeah, that's it. So. Enjoy your week, guys. Thanks for listening. Have a good day. Peace.